Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. And we have got, I know we always say that we got a jam-packed show, but we do have a jam-packed show for you today. I, of course, am, I should have had this set up ahead of time. I, of course, am Mark Williams, your fearless leader, as appointed by Mr. John Falkowski. And the aforementioned host of The Good, Bad, and Ugly, right here on our channel, Mr. John Falkowski. Uh, burn the tape again. Burn it again. Yeah, it's just, it, it's kind of the way you feel about yesterday's game for the New York Rangers, especially, by the way, the hard part about it is, Phil, can you get the tape because it was on ESPN Plus? So that was a little bit aggravating to a lot of people who, um, oh, good. We're, we are going to have Mr. Anthony Larocco joining us in a few minutes. But that was aggravating to a lot of Ranger fans who wanted to watch the game last night, but they they didn't have MSG go. It was an MS, it was a uh, was a an ESPN Plus exclusive. There's a I think of like five of those this year for the Rangers, something like that. But yeah, I know again, it's like for the Islanders. Yeah, but, um, I, I'm gonna have to highlight this because it just it, it, it has to be said. It has to be said. Uh, yeah. And and while you're at it, you can take number twenty five with you. So yeah, um, please. But once again, guys, if you want want to watch a game, and sorry, if you watch a game and then you want to talk about it, usually after the game, we got this man right here to do his good, bad, and ugly. We'll either have it written up on his Facebook, or it'll be a, a, a podcast call on in. Hear John's talking points, what he saw in the game, and then chat with them about it because that's what this man is good at speaking of which though before we move on yeah um tonight's game is a little on the late side so uh what you all would like to see let me know whether you would want it after the game or if tomorrow afternoon is better because i would obviously like to have uh more viewers on watching with me discussing with me so let me know in the comments section what you guys and girls want to do if you want it after the game tonight, or if you want it tomorrow, um, I'll do one either way. Yeah, uh, I'll, if it's tomorrow afternoon, I'll join you. So, well, you know yeah. what? Maybe we'll wait till tomorrow afternoon, and we'll, we'll Mark and I will both do it together then. There you go, there you go. All right, so there's there's something to plan for. Yeah. All right, and but going to the news that we had, Phil, uh, the Rangers in the game that nobody was able to see, fall to the Colorado Avalanche for the second time in a week, an awkward. Final goal, by the way, uh, when I watched, I looked over it. I'm like, was it, it never said empty net because <laughs> I didn't get to watch the third period. And then finding out Nakuchin uh, just got the puck, went in and fired it past Georgiev. But a lot of people think the sky is falling. Chicken little, relax a little bit. Everything's fine. The Rangers improve to 18-7-3. They had a share of the NHL top spot for about a few hours until the Florida Panthers won, moved past them. That was Saturday night. And then a loss to Nashville. And then a loss to uh, Colorado last night. Rangers goal differential, not exactly doing great right now. It's only a plus nine, but that's what happens when you get whipped by Colorado and you lose a game one nothing. The Rangers last week lost two games. In the month of November, they had two losses. So 
Phil, I know it seems like we're asking this question yet again, but are the Rangers just not good enough to play with the big boys? I have some serious doubts right now with the roster that the, or the way the roster is constructed. And the reason why I say that is because they, they lack finish in the top six. Mika Zibanejad obviously needs a play driver on that line. Capococco is not working on that line. It's not. He needs to go back to playing with Stroman Panarin. That's where he was putting up points. That line looked great together. Uh, but there's got to be a change in the lines. Third line, which was playing well a week or two ago, and before that, it, it hasn't been as effective, especially against the better teams. The fourth line is usually consistent, but they were really nowhere to be found last night for the most part. Uh, yeah, Chris, you're, you're, you're right. Kako does not work on that top line at all. Um, and this is also correct. Hunt doesn't work anymore on the second line. I, I don't know what happened to his legs, but yeah, it, it, it they disappeared. And he's not giving that same effort that he gave a month ago. So something's got to be done with the lines. Gallant's got to change them. And I, I think that they're going to need to make a trade and add, add a forward. So mm. I'm going to say everybody just hold the phone on freaking out. Don't worry about it. So I'm not freaking out though. Yet. I know. Well, I, I know you read the messages online and stuff like that. And you get, uh, there was a tweet I just saw recently about that. You get almost a, a sense and there's people in the fan base that want to see Lafreniere and Kako fail just to say they were bust. Like, no, that's, they're not going to fail. And by the way, they're going to be good players elsewhere. If that happens, here's what I am going to go with. Um, let's just take the second period of that game. They're down to nothing. They didn't have really a great first period. Um, Strom scores to make it two to one. And then Zibanejad gets that partial breakaway, puts the backhander into uh, the crest of, oh, no, it's it's okay. Look, again, we're here to criticize. It's, it's all right. And and Kreitz had a chance to tie the game late in the third period. Uh, he had two shots at Darcy Kemper and, and missed it. But again, Mika Zibanejad, let's say that, that backhander doesn't go into the Colorado crest. Instead... It's it's uh it's in the net. That's two two. Game's completely different then. Um, but Sean's right about that too. This this still a rebuilding team. Right now they've overachieved and they've got a massive, massive uh cushion to try to make the playoffs. So everybody, it's it's better to have problems trying to identify these things. Yeah, than in another team we'll get into later. Of course. And I, I, I definitely agree. I, I'd rather see these problems come to light in December so that this way they can make moves, if necessary, to to correct those issues and improve on them. But um, Core brought up a good, good point before. The power play needs a left-handed shot. It's embarrassing watching Strom taking decades to get a shot off. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. He actually played – I thought he was the only forward, really. Maybe Panarin played okay, but I thought Strom was really the only forward that was really noticeable for the most part. But that, it's not a fit on that, that top unit. That top unit needs to change. And I would put Lafreniere there, try to get this kid's confidence going. And that's big. That's a big part of the problem. I'll yeah, Rick Paco on that side. We've we've talked about that enough. Yeah, uh, I, Rich, I, I agree here, but we can't keep harping on this anymore. It, well, it's, it's, the 
Rivers. We're harping on it in a different way. The move wasn't to keep Booch just for the sake of keeping Booch. The move was to move Kratzoff in. They decided not to. Once again, I don't know if that's something that they decided to do. I, I, I laughed it off and said that as soon as that happens, he's going back. Couldn't agree more with that, Sean. <clears throat> Couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. You, you, when you're looking on Ryan Strom to be your top goal scorer, you might have some problems, just just a tad. Right. And by the way, and uh, we were talking about it before with Kreider. Look, again, when you're a guy that doesn't get the puck, and I mean, when you play it, most of your game is away from the puck. You have to go get it eventually. Because if you're not getting it, you, you, you're, what are you doing out there then? So, and I'm not saying they're not distributing it to them, but sometimes the, the puck doesn't find you. That's just what happens. You get a guy like say Artemi Panarin, he's getting the puck. He's, he's going to stick handle. He's going to drive the play. It's just, that's, that's, but that's not Chris Kreider's game. No. More to the rest another- of this, that third line looks like it's not coming together anymore. No, and and that line was generating chances against the worser teams. I mean, they looked even good up until the Colorado game. And it just, ever since that Colorado game, they've just looked off. Nashville, they looked off. I don't think they were really that good against Buffalo. They weren't good against Colorado again last night. Uh, Filipino, uh, I, I really wonder what his future holds because I'm not sure of what I think of him right now. Mm-hmm. Julian Gauthier, like he 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 plays well at times, and then like you see him making efforts, but he he just doesn't. He seems like he lacks the finish to be a top six forward. And then Lafreniere needs to get with players who can actually create offense for him and help him out. Yeah, uh, I don't think he has the confidence right now to create offense on his own. So there something's got to change. These lines have got to change. They're not working anymore. They worked while they did against worse teams. Change them up. And I I think that's also one of the things it's worst teams. And again, there, this is the team that I picked to win the Stanley cup, the Colorado avalanche, and they're finding their stride and they're hot right now more on the Colorado avalanche and their offense later in the bar talk segment. But this is a team that they caught at the wrong time. They didn't catch them with their number one goaltender. Let's be honest about this. If Igor Sesterkin's in net, I think at least two of those games are different. And I'm not yeah. knocking Georgiev on this. What I'm saying is Sesterkin probably makes a couple more saves that Georgiev doesn't. That's okay. Georgiev's yeah. actually played well. I agree. No, he he wasn't he was the reason they lost last night. Right. Uh, I, he was. Re- I thought he was pretty good. And, and you you can't expect him to stand on his head every single game. But he's played extremely well since Igor went down. So, yeah. but you're, you're right. If they have him in, this team plays with their chest out a little more, just like with Reeves and everything. Mm-hmm. And the results are probably a little different. So, I, I mean, I would love to face them at full strength with with Igor in net. But I, I got to tell you right now, I, they don't have a good record against better teams, against the playoff teams. Right. And, and, and a matter of fact, why, we're going to bring that up right now. This is from yeah. NHL Network where we had that their numbers against playoff teams. There it is four, six, and one. They are 14. Oh, and two. That is remarkable, by the way, Yeah, Four, to be undefeated against anybody. Well, uh, in regulation 14. Oh, and two. And well, I mean, yeah, well, they got 
It was Vancouver. They got points in every game, all 16 games they played against non-playoff. And but look at those goals again. The the goal differential. I mean, that's that's, ridiculous. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. And speaking. By the way, we have our third member of the Holy Trinity coming in right now. He was a little bit late, but uh, oh whoa, (laughs) that was almost a little bit psychedelic. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yes, Durant. How's it going, gentlemen? I try to bring up the banner real quick because I was trying to get down the uh. The comment that's right there. There he is, Mr. Anthony Larocco. Oh, wait. It's being covered. There we go. Um, <laughs> still being covered a little bit. Sorry about that, Ant. <laughs> Not a problem. Either, we'll forget who you are if we don't do that. So, <laughs> um, But again, it's it's one of those things. You know, I'm, I'm not going to kill these guys. I'm not going to kill them right now. Uh, they're a rebuilding team. Right now, realistically speaking, the Rangers probably are an eighth seed. That's what they are, or eight or nine. And they can go up from there. They can go down from there. Their, their, their third pairing isn't working with Patrick Nemeth on it. That was um, your call, to go. First, John. And it's just, it's one of those things. You just, they, they got room to improve. I don't think the, the wheels are going to fall off the card anytime soon. So, no. Uh, Anthony, what's your thoughts? So the range is good enough to play with the big boys. My thoughts on the Rangers are, I think they're a little better than an eight or nine seed. They got to give them a, yeah. little more, a little more credit than that. Um, my 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 thing with the Rangers, and we talked a little I talked a little bit about it in our group chat with Lafreniere and Kako. You know, Phil said that it, it. I said that it's good that they're winning with these guys not producing. He also said it's concerning, which it is. But I, I mean, the fact that Heedle only has seven points. You know, Kako and Lafreniere aren't aren't playing like like people I guess expecting them to based on their draft status. Um, and they're still a good team despite that. If you would have told me those three guys would be giving you, I mean, let's face it, next to nothing offensively, um, I would say the Rangers probably wouldn't be anywhere close to where they are in the standings right now. No. Um, but that's not the case, and they're somehow a, a playoff team right now. So you got to take that and run. But, you know, long-term sustainability, you know, you need you need your, your good young players to produce at this level. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I you're not really asking for like a long, um, you know, a long playoff run. But it is what it is. The numbers that are there right now, overall, uh, to support them being where they are. You know, Shesterkin obviously playing at a really high level. Panarin's always going to give you the elite production. Adam Fox is always going to play to elite status. Um, you know, Mika Zibanejad doesn't have a lot of goals, but you know, he gets points through the assists, so he's getting points. Um, so that's enough to carry them really for the time being. But uh, those three guys, I mean, they they need to they need to start producing, especially Heedle. I get I, I don't give as much leeway to Heedle, um, but I mean he needs. I, I think it comes to a point where the Rangers may have to just move on from him. They're not obviously nowhere near that level with Lafreniere and Kako yet, but with Heedle, it's getting to that point. But we'll not see. only that, but it, and I I brought that up myself on Twitter, and I. I I've been talking about it for a little bit amongst myself and some other people, but the other thing with Hedl that a lot of other people have got to remember, a lot of people in general have to remember is that he's from a previous regime. Sure. Drury might've been the assistant general manager, but he wasn't the one really like making that pick. So um, Drury probably doesn't have the ties to Hedl that some people, some fans might think. So uh, yeah, I, I think that, after this season, they're going to have to take a long, hard look 
on whether they need to stop trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and playing him at center or whether they need to move on from him altogether. That's a great point because if you take him and move him to the wings, say for instance, what are you filling that third line center with? I don't think Morgan Barron's knocking on that door right now. Barkley Goodrow probably would have to be that guy, but I don't, I don't trust him in that role. Right, right now. And you know, I wouldn't trust him in that role either. And it's just, they need to kind of look at things and figure out who fits where you don't want to miscast people. Just ask anyone in the Cowboy Bebop live action, uh, live action adaptation uh, <laughs> that I've watched and trashed online for her a lot. But it's just, it's just when you got guys miscast, then other guys don't perform right. And if it, it's, it's the trickle down effect. It's just what, what, what happens all the time with sports. Now let's say the tread water. They're basically where they are right now. They're in third place in the Metro or in playoff positioning. And you get to March. Uh, KHL season ends. Kratzoff's team gets eliminated quickly. Hopefully he comes over then just insert him in the lineup. Hopefully if he's ready, but that's the other problem too. It's gotta be, if he's ready. Uh, or if he's willing to at this point, is he even willing to come back over and play for this team? Good point. Yeah, that's going to be a good point, too. Guys, what do you think about the Rangers? Are they good enough to play with the big boys? Throw it all down in the comments below. Don't forget to give us a like, share, and subscribe. And we are going to move on to across the river to a different disaster. Because I'm sorry to say it like that, and Very sorry to say it like that. Because we talked a couple weeks ago. Uh, about we we need to get more islander talk on here ever since we've done that it's been absolute hell for you guys so uh, it's actually been a little better this week but yeah overall (laughs) yeah so the islanders who they were two one and three before last night but they fell and now they're in nhl 500 since uh the month of december started and they came back to play right now they're sitting in last place in the metro you get back Brock Nelson, but you, you lose Matt Barzell. And Anthony, uh, I actually prepped uh, a video for you guys on this one because it sort of feels like this. <laughs> Islanders injuries and COVID protocol players are just piling up. I think we better start over, don't you? Ryan Pollock, four to six weeks, lower body injury. Injury, Brock Nelson, two to four weeks. What next? Where are we going? Yeah. Which way? Focus, which way? Oh, List of COVID players. What? Come find me when you wake up. Okay, do it. That's the way it feels right now for you, right? It's just beating <laughs> ahead at the end, right? Anthony is not laughing. He was laughing at it yesterday. But, Anthony, this is where I got to direct this question first. Are the Islanders' problems solely COVID-related, or is there something more on the surface? I mean, there's definitely more on the surface. I mean, COVID, didn't, COVID didn't help things. Um, but, you know... Look, I said I was trying to be glass half full guy because, I mean, if I go the other way, I could put myself into a full-out depression. I don't want to do that. So, um, 
you know, compared to their, you know, winless streak where they didn't win in 10 games, you know, two, two and three is, is much, is a much bigger improvement. However, um, to get back in the playoff picture and they need to play a lot better than a 500 pace. Um, so with that said, that it, that is a good step in the right direction. Um, but you know, they, they, they still have a lot to figure out. Uh, you know, I, I think once Ryan Pollock comes back, um, hope, I mean, I don't think he's skating yet, so he's maybe at least two to three weeks away still. Um, but if he comes back and then they get past, you know, Barzell obviously will be out of COVID and, you know, probably miss the next five games. Once they get their full team back, you know, we could see what could happen then. Maybe they get into a rhythm. But um, like I said, guys, I, I think overall this was just a really, you know, I'm trying to think of what to equate it to. Um, you know, if you, get, if you get off to a bad start in something so, and things pile up and you can't, really catch up and i think with the islanders they just the 13 game road trip the stops and starts the covid i think eventually it all became too much for them um and you know thing things got away i mean i I think they are going to be a better team going you know as we get later in the season i'm just beginning to think i don't know because let's it's gonna they're gonna have to rattle rattle off maybe eight wins in a row or like they did a year or two ago where they won like in a 15 game stretch they only lost like once, you know, they, they, they really need something like that to get back in it. And it's hard to do at this level. I mean, we don't see it all the time. Um, but that's the type of hockey that they're going to have to play to get back into it. So um, impossible. No, but improbable. Mm. So, you know, it's an uphill battle, but they got to take it one game at a time. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think the other thing is too, is let's face it. We, we talked about it, their defense, um, you know, Char has been better since the season started, but, you know, he's still not an everyday NHL defender. Um, same thing with Andy Green. Uh, so, I mean, Robin Salo got back in the lineup after being scratched for a while in lieu of Ajo. Um, but, you know, it's 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 their crutch. You know, Barry Trotz usually uh, has the Islanders play a really, really structured style of defense, and it's been their strength since ever since he took over. Um, and I think, again, you know, and I'll admit – I think getting rid of Letty was good because it freed up cap space, but then, you know, Lou Lamorello didn't replace him with anybody. I mean, well, sorry, you replaced him with Z- Daniel Chara, and that's not a viable replacement for Nick yeah. Letty. I mean, totally, two totally different players. And it's sad to look at. If you if you look to two years ago, the Islanders' left side was Adam Pellick, Nick Letty, well, Adam Pellick, Devon Taves, Nick Letty. I mean, you kidding me? I mean, that's that's a, that's a strong left side defense. Um, and then you know they lost Taves and Letty um, for cap moves, and it's it's hurt them. Um, and then that's and, not mention that. And then you lose Eberle too. Yeah, you lost yeah. Jordan Eberle. I think he's got like thirteen goals or such. I mean, you could say in Islanders system, he probably doesn't have thirteen, but you know he had that chemistry of Barzell. Um, and Anders Lee. And you know, the, the, the thing with me that I have a hard time kind of like wrapping my head around is that the fact that, you know, Kyle, before the Islanders acquired Kyle Palmieri, he was a, I mean, he was the model of consistency. For five years in a row, he had 24 goals or more. Um, that's pretty good. And he comes to the Islanders and all of a sudden he can't score. It doesn't, it doesn't, I know Trotz's system plays a little bit of a role in that. But it doesn't make sense how a guy could be so consistent scoring goals and he has one goal in the year. I mean, here's that, the gripe that I have. It hurts. The gripe that, that I have is why is it that this team chose a wild card like Palmieri 
over keeping Jordan Eberle, who was a proven top six forward that had real good chemistry with two of your team's best forwards and is more of a facilitator than Kyle Palmieri is. And not only that, but Jordan Eberle was good for you guys in the playoffs too. So why, why did Lou Lamarillo choose him? Why did Lou Lamarillo choose Palmieri over Eberle? Uh, I mean, the only thing I could say is I think they like that Palmieri played a heavier, grittier game in the playoffs and Eberly not so much. And, you know, Trotz, Barry Trotz is all grit and defense. And I think that ultimately, um, that ultimately won out. Uh, so Phil, I, I, I agree with you. The only thing I'll say, you said wild. I don't, again, I don't really necessarily classify Palmieri as a wild card just because he was so consistent with scoring with New Jersey. I'm saying so, wild card in, in the sense that you didn't know how he was going to fit with the team. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. going forward, like, right, like I think he had two goals in the regular season last year and six in the playoffs. Yeah, he yeah. was good in the playoffs. Yeah, he was um, good in the playoffs. But the other thing I wanna I wanna ask you here because this this comment actually kind of makes me think, and I want to see your thoughts on it. Leo saying that, and I've talked to him about this a couple of times before that Lou has really kind of messed with the future of the team. What do you think of that? Oh, I mean that. I think actually, if you look at the offseason he had, you know, he got rid of Vlad's contract. He, he moved out a lot of contracts and gave them cap space because for a while we all thought, you know, this team is going to be in trouble cap wise. And mm-hmm. he got rid of a lot of contracts to the point where next se- like this coming season, they're actually in great shape cap wise. You know, they're going to have Varlamov, um, you know, has one year left. They might move him, but the cap is definitely gone. The cap yeah. isn't, yeah, the cap really isn't a problem with the Islanders anymore. So in that regard, in terms of the future, I think the Islanders are fine there. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about like the assets, really, the that's what I think. To, if you want to talk about the assets, yeah, you know, he, he traded a first the last couple of years, you know, got Pajot and, and Palmieri. Um, so that, that could go with, with, you know, making a plus side for this argument here, but at the same time, you know, he, he does have the core of the Islanders in place that are young Orzel, Wallstrom, Dobson, um, you know, Sorokin, Pelican Pollock are locked up. He did a great job signing them to contract. So Brock Nelson. So they, they still, they're still in good shape in that regard. Um, and the last thing I'll add to that, the Nick Letty trade hurt them in the now, but that second round pick in that trade, he got, you know, all to Ratu with that. And, you know, he's ascended to, you know, he's the Islanders best prospect. So that, that's a good ad for the future. So no, I don't, I don't, I, I'm 50-50 on that. I, I think some of that's really incorrect, and I think there's some credence to it as well. Um, I don't think Lou – I don't think Lou's the problem here aside from, you know, not filling Nicoletti's spot with a viable uh, replacement because, like I said, for the hundredth time. So Daniel Chara wasn't that. Yeah, let me expand on your thinking on that too because they clearly made moves for this season. Zach Parise is this season. So Daniel Chara was this season. Uh, when eventually you move Simeon Varlamov to probably the Edmonton Oilers and you're going to get something back in return, then they could focus on some free agents and stuff like that to fill some holes that they might get next season. And you're probably going to have your starting goaltender being Ilya Sorokin now for forever. Are they still going to be the same team as Barry Trotz uh, reaching his expiration date? I don't think so. I love Barry Trotz. I think he's a great coach. It's, but you're right about that. They have, they have that, that, that free cap space. 
and that's yeah. what they're going to do. You know, it's funny you mentioned Trotz and expiring. Um, Arthur Staple, actually official official today, he's the full-on Rangers beat reporter because Kevin Kurz is taking over for the Islanders this week. Kevin he, Kurz, who wrote for San Jose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good That's a good pickup. Staple, Staple kind of said his goodbye, you know, for the Islander. Islander, the yeah. Islander fans today. And, you know, 12 years, he did a great job. But a couple days ago, he had one of his last articles with the Islanders. He was talking about, you know, trots and people saying he should get fired. And he brought up a good point. He's like, that would be one of the worst moves the Islanders made in years up there with a Milbury type move. Because um, although the Islanders are struggling right now, um, you you don't you don't really want to move a coach like Barry Trotz no. when he's one of the best coaches in the league uh, of all time and everything they went through, you give him, you give him a pass. I've I, I, I yeah. said this. Yeah. It, 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 that if, if, if you, if you get rid of him it, and I, I know I've showed you that comment before, but that I, that I was talking to you guys about, if you get rid of him, you go back to the cap. You're, on a wait days and that would be the one of the worst things that could happen for this franchise so yeah no i i i think um he has made some questionable decisions you know like giving wallstrom not a lot of ice time and he's been you know one of the better players again he's he slowed down for a couple of weeks but you know he's been really hot um you got to play him you got to play him more i know i know he's big on res- defensive responsibility um but you got to trust him his shot his shots elite um you know and you know, aside from, you know, Barzell and, uh, you know, Nelson in terms of like pure skill, you know, he's, he's one of their best players and you got, you got to give him the minutes. Um, you know, so th- they're encouraging things like no adoption aside from that brain dead play he made against Nashville when he wrapped the puck around the boards with 11 seconds instead of eating it or skating with it for a little bit. Um, he's been coming along offensively and, you know, they always say young defensemen, uh, kind of, unless you're like a Cal McCarr, you know, exception to the rule. Adam Fox. Yeah, uh, offense comes can come slowly to some of the maturing young defensemen. So in that regard, he's been really good. Um, and Pajot's actually been a lot better since he looked in the beginning of the year. So there's some good things. But um, I think ultimately at the end of the day, the Islanders kind of just playing house money at this point. If you get hot and you get yourself back in the playoff race, uh, sure, that would be great. But um, there's not really much they could do in terms of shaking things up because, again, um, they don't really have any, like, rentals that they're going to trade off. Um, so they're kind of in a situation where they're going to ride it out. And honestly, I, I won't be surprised, even if they're not going to make the playoffs, that Lou has an eye on next season already and makes a trade that's not necessarily going to reap the benefits this year but next year. Um, cause you know, I'm sure Lou believes in this team and he's not gonna, he's not gonna make major changes. Cause mm-hmm. I think there's a really good chance that next season that the Islanders are, you know, back on track and being a playoff team, which they have been the last three years. So, um, it is what it is. It sucks for the Islander fans, you know, kind of like all the excitement was sucked out of the room with the new building and whatnot with the start they had, but, um, you got to stay positive and just count your blessings for what you do have, um, and go from there. Now, there's a lot more that's newsworthy with the bottom line that's right there because 
the Islanders went through their 13 game road trip. And right before they, they ended their 13 game road trip, the game that they really wanted was the Tampa Bay game. They lost that one and then lost uh, Florida on top of that. That's what created the, a four game losing streak going into their building. This is where the news comes in this week. The NHL postpones games for the, for the flames and the hurricanes, the Canes, and the and the Flames have six players on the COVID on the COVID list. The Canes have a coach on the COVID list too. In the meantime, if we go back a month, the Islanders opened UBS Arena and played two more additional games with up to nine players on the COVID list, including Anthony Beauvillier missing the home opener for a, uh, false, positive. a false positive. So, guys, I got to ask you this question: The NHL mishandle this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no question about it. You, you can't, if you're going to cut this off at six players, if you're going to give an arbitrary number, let's just say nine, 10, something like that. And you're going to let the Islanders go and play with that. Then they should have done, they, they should have cut the Islanders off at, at six, seven, and they should have, they should have let Calgary and Carolina play on with as many as they did. The only thing that I can say that works in the NHL's favor in this point is it seems like there's more of a, like we're heading back to where we were almost two years ago, where like we're almost, we look like we're about to go into like maybe another lockdown or something like that. So uh, that's the only thing that really I could say in defense of the NHL, but they, they definitely mishandled it and they didn't do the Islanders any favors at all. I could tell you exactly what it was. It was their opening games at UBS Arena. The league saw dollar signs, uh, and they didn't want to postpone that, uh, you know, even more. And I think it was a, I think it was selfish money grab move uh, for the league to do that. I guarantee you, if there's any situation, if they're still playing at the Coliseum, or they already had their home opener earlier in the year, and then they got hit with COVID, uh, it would have been postponed. Uh, and it's really, it's really disheartening um, that. For those reasons, they didn't they didn't move any of the games because you know the Islanders could have could have used Beauvillier in that home opener. They could have used Adam Pellick in that home opener. Um, you know, so it, it, Anders Lee, their captain. I mean, you kidding me? Like, um, it was totally mishandled, and I'm glad to see that they're you know taking a little more seriously uh, this time around with the other outbreaks. But um, and I mean, but but, but I mean it, that that completely derailed what anything the Islanders had. It, they they were already struggling. They had the four-game losing streak going into the home opener and then became five. So the, the Maple Leafs the very next day, six. And then the the Rangers coming into the building, seven. Pittsburgh on the day after Thanksgiving, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, see, I'm at a loss for words, and I don't even have a horse in the race. All yeah. Besides the fact that we're covering them now. So it's just, it, it's, it's frustrating because they needed those games and then they didn't like the, the NHL really it, there were other factors that went into that too the Brock Nelson injury did not help things the Ryan Pollock injury really didn't help things and then now you're at a situation where they're they're basically a second division team fighting to even make it out of the lottery because that's not their their goal is to win the Stanley Cup this year the goal wasn't to, to be in the lottery. I mean, the Rangers goal can conversely is to make the playoffs. So if they fall short of that, whatever, but, or, you know what I'm getting at, 
but the Islanders, they're they're trying to win a championship here, and it's just, yeah. it's just not going to happen. And, yeah, and, and it became a reality because of this. And you compounded a bad start on top of all of that. It, it just – it does not look good for the Islanders. It really put them in a hole. And it, it sucks because the NHL didn't do them any favors at all. I, I think it's just a dereliction of duty on their part. Um, this whole thing has been mishandled. I, I, I don't know – how all these t- guys are coming up positive for COVID. It, I, I think the NHL needs to get back to stricter stricter measures when it comes to this because you shouldn't have this many players testing positive for this if, if you know everything is going right. So. And, and also, just to say one thing else, uh, we don't know what this new variant is, whether or not it's serious or not, but um, I'm going to leave that to the professionals. But flu problems have gone around the NHL since the beginning of time. So if, if it's, if it's just basically like the flu, what are we doing? I uh, was talking to one of our friends that was on our show about um, COVID just actually yesterday. He was saying that he thinks it's, it's possible that, you know, maybe shortly after the Olympics that the NHL starts allowing um, players who test positive for COVID, but are asymptomatic to still play in games and they don't have to go in COVID protocol and games don't have to be postponed. Uh, mm. cause, let's, cause, cause let's face it, COVID, you know, COVID's not going anywhere. It's going to change no. from, uh, it's going to change from a pandemic to an endemic probably, you know, sometime in the spring and summer. So, you know, it, for, for games to still get postponed and, and, you know, players to get put in protocol, uh, and they're totally fine. Is just silly. Look, I get it. I get if you're legitimately sick. Yeah, they, they they shouldn't play. But if considering literally every player in the National Hockey League is vaccinated, other Except than Tyler, Tyler Bertuzzi, other than Tyler Bertuzzi, <laughs> and Mackenzie Blackwood, these guys are positive and asymptomatic, and they're vaccinated. No, just, I think Mackenzie Blackwood got it. Yeah, he got it. Just let them play, and I think I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see that sometime, you know, in, in the spring because again, it's you know, if a guy is fine, I mean, why not? Why not let him play? I mean, it's it's different. If this was a situation where before the vaccine existed, then I then I could see it. But other than that, being how COVID's going to be around for forever, I don't I don't think it really makes much sense to have this whole production. Well, because here's the the question that I have about this, and we didn't have it really happen last year but it's still out there. If it's still a protocol, you have to follow the protocol, whatever it is. Health matters more than anything else. What happens if this happens in the Stanley Cup finals? Well, by then it's going to be the summertime and, you know, people tested positive for cases. No, I know, I know that, but it's the summertime. So the cases aren't going to be nearly as high as it is right now during the winter. It's just like the flu season. More people get flu cold in the winter. Well, and, and, and that's the thing, and and the history shows it. Uh, it you know, that the, the, once the spring and the summer started hitting, the cases started dropping. So uh, it, it just, to me, it, obviously, there's some sort of correlation here. Okay, so let me yeah, throw absolutely. this one out there, because, again, the same thing, argument can be made about concussions, and that's you get to the playoffs, and let's say it's the Stanley Cup Finals between the Edmonton Oilers and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs which I'm sure ESPN is buzzing about. Um, and what happens is you get 
one team gets COVID and the other team ends up having concussion problems. And think about the 2015, it was a 2015, 2013 uh, Stanley Cup Finals. You had Patrice Bergeron playing with a, a broken rib and and I think a punctured lung. And Jonathan Taves, I think he had a concussion and they hit it from everybody. So yeah. are they protocols that are going to last and they're going to, it doesn't matter what the situation is or are they, or are they just going to go, well, it's an important game. We can't, we can't do this. There's other things the Blackhawks did because of the playoffs. That's a different story. So. I, I, I just think this whole situation um, with, with the Olympics too, is you can't, you can't go play in the Olympics right now. When we mentioned that, you know, Josh Bailey. Had More on that in a second, by the way. Well, Actually, Anthony, let me cut you off there. Let's go right to that. Uh, we'll sign off this first. By the way, guys, what do you think about the Islanders? Did they mishandle the COVID, did the NHL mishandle the COVID situation? Are there more problems for the New York Islanders? What would you change about them? Drop it down in the comments below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. So that is one of our topics, though, and Anthony is – I'm going to lead Anthony right into it. The Olympics are in jeopardy right now, and – the United States, and uh, they're already doing the, the Democratic uh, boycott of that, but the NHL and the NHLPA are weighing whether or not to go. I know it's the NHLPA's decision, but Anthony, go right in. Uh, they, they shouldn't Matt, be going, you're saying. Matt Barzell has to quarantine in Detroit now for 10 days. I mean, 10 days from now, there's, what, 10 days to Christmas Day. So, like, you're, the guy is going to be stuck, you know, in Detroit – I mean, for, for Christmas or coming home that day, like, so you're, you're talking guys don't want to quarantine in Detroit here in the United States. Can you imagine having the quarantine in China China for three to five weeks? Are you kidding me? I mean, for, for players or families and kids that, that, that would be, that would be really idiotic. And I, 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 if, listen, if players still go, I, I saw a quote from Stamkos just today and he was saying how, like, you know, he, you know, if, he's lucky enough to make the team that he would still have interest and want to go play. You know, a lot of these players are wired that, you know, they're aside from winning the Stanley cup, playing the Olympics and winning a gold medal representing your country is like the, you know, pinnacle of, of, you know, your career. So a lot of guys aren't going to care about it and they're still going to play, but there are a lot of guys who are up like Robin Leonard already told Sweden that he's not, he's not playing the Olympics. Um, and I just, I just think that going is would be short-sighted. But hey, if, if the players would rather go play in the Olympics and and not care about the repercussions if they test positive, uh, I mean that's that's on them. But I wouldn't, if I had a young family or not even young family, if I had a family, um, I wouldn't take that risk again of getting caught in China for that long. If God forbid, I if I tested positive. But the wrinkle to this is, I mentioned that. It's on the players to opt out. The league, the NHL, it's out of their hands. The NHL can't be the ones to say we're not going. The players and the Players Association have to make that decision, and it seems like a lot of guys are split on it. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but I kind of hope that, you know, they, they don't go. Um, I know that's going to cause a disaster for the league because then what do you do for those three weeks? A lot of buildings have prior commitments. Um, you know, and what, and what goes on there. I'm sure that's something they want to avoid, but you know, it is what it is. They're going to, it's something that they, they'll have to just figure out. But uh, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. If they go in the Olympics, I'm going to watch and I'm going to love every second of it. I just, 
I just don't know if it makes sense for them for them to go ahead and, and play in it. Yeah, Philk. Uh, I I don't know. I, I think they're going to pull out. I, I just think that the the prospect of possibly having a quarantine for three to five weeks in China is just not a good one to uh, to be looking at if you're a player. I think there are a lot of players that even though they do want to play in the Olympics and they they want to get they want to represent their country and go after a gold medal, I, I think they realize that the Stanley Cup is actually more important to them than an Olympic gold medal is. And I think anybody who has their priorities on straight will probably tell you that. So with that said, I think that they're eventually just going to go down to the deadline. And I think they're going to pull out of there. And I know it's going to create a lot of logistical problems for the NHL and all these other things that Anthony was mentioning. He pretty much hit it on the head with everything. But uh, I, I, I think that the best thing for them to do would be to pull out of the Olympics and then have a World Cup of Hockey um, somewhere in summer or, you know, in, in September or something like that. And either like Vegas or Toronto or somewhere like that. So like, even if you're, you're over here, you know, you quarantine for like a week, if you test positive or something like that, but at, at, at some point they've, they, it, I think they're going to pull out. And I, I think like Elliot Freeman said on, I believe it was, um, I believe it was either hockey night in Canada or it was a more recent telecast, maybe a couple of days ago or so. But, um, I, I think that uh, they're going to wait until the last minute, that January 10th deadline, and then they're just they're going to pull out. Well, the players are the ones that are going to have to decide on that. And I think right now the NHL is trying to do everything it can to convince them to not go. And the NHL negotiated this in the collective bargaining. We know about uh, several players that they always play for their nations. In the Olympics means a lot more to the international players and also hockey means more to the Canadian players. I'll be wearing my Rosioni jersey if they if they decide to play. That being said, I have I want Chris Kreider nowhere near it. And you probably wouldn't want Brock Nelson anywhere near that. We're, uh, NHL lineup had Mike Rupp make up some uh, lineups for Canada and the United States last night. They looked amazing. Couldn't wait to see it. Not now. This isn't 2010 in Vancouver. This is a much different situation. This is a much different country. This is a much different uh, health-wise situation. No, don't go. Don't go. They should do what everybody wished my father did and pull out. So, um, oh, wow. So, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I, I knew I had that joke. I, I had to use it. But it's just this. This shouldn't. This shouldn't go. And you're telling me if I get a false positive, I gotta get one within the next 24 hours, or I'm stuck. And I go test negative. I mean, or I'm stuck in China for three to five weeks, not getting paid. Just, yeah. Just uh, picture this. All my team is playing. Like, let's say, let's say you get there, and you know, the day after you get there, you you test positive. And then, you know, twice in a row and you have to quarantine three weeks. At least at that that early on, you're probably there. You're probably still there with the rest of your team. But let's just say Canada is about to play in the gold medal game at the very end. Connor McDavid tests positive. He's got he's to stay there now for three to five weeks. Now you're talking he's missing yeah. he's missing time for the oil. That would be like the nail in the oiler's coffin. Um, I'm, I'm going to – I mean, 
That's bad. Yeah. yeah. I, bad. And, and it, let's just say that that happens. I have a feeling that Connor McDavid ain't going to be quarantining. I think the NHL would pull some shady stuff and would just have him get on back because there's just no way that they are going to lose Connor McDavid, a cash grab like him for, for that amount of time. I just, I don't. So it would be, I mean, it would be a horrible look for the league to have their, it would, but I mean, look at what's happened recently. Yeah. All yeah. I'm going to try to avoid us. Cause I, I am apparently trying to fight hard for us to get banned by YouTube talking about COVID and China as much as I am today, but <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll just look at the camera and, and just say it with my eyes. Because, <laughs> because after all certain nations Kind of don't want some background guy to leave if he tests positive. We'll yeah, just say man. it like that. And All you right, know what? Guys. Before we move on, though, yeah, let's bring that up here. Sean, thank you very much. We appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Sean, and you did bring Ryan Reeves here. You were the guy that did that. Oh, I still have to post your video about that on our Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's – and again, that's 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 awesome, man. Thank you very much. Guys, but what do you think? Should the NHL go to uh, China anyway, or should they go to the Olympics? Is it really the right time? I know we've been talking about this since the summer, but it's 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 got to be brought up. And we've been bringing it up for the last three weeks because we don't think it's a good idea. Throw it all down in the comments below. But we are going to do some bar talk. And, wow, we got a lot to discuss there today. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to see beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. So welcome back, everybody, to the Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice to drink. What are you going to do? Are you going to buy everybody around? You're so confident. You're just going to have a beer because it's so-so. Or Oh, God, you need a shot. <laughs> well... And we start off with the New York Rangers and the Rangers are developing Lafreniere and Kako properly. Mr. John Polkowski. I am going to say beer and there I, I, I get, I get it. No pick, no matter where they're picked in the draft is the same as the next pick and development is anything but linear. It, it just it doesn't work that way. Every player is different. Every team is different. And usage, coaching, everything. There's so many different variables. But I have a hard time believing that these two are being developed to the best of the ability that a team can do. So I'm not going to say that they're being developed poorly, but I'm also not happy with their development so far. And I, I think that this team has done such a piss poor job of putting players in positions to succeed. Hi, David Quinn. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're a big part of that. Um, and I, I, I think that you know, when you have uh, Chris Drury berating a player in front of an entire team for exercising a clause in his contract, it's a horrible optic. So I am going to say beer, but I'm this close to saying shot because although I've seen flashes of what Kako and Lafreniere can do, it's not consistent enough. It's not there. And I need more from these two. So you know what? 
maybe something needed to change, but I'm not going to say shot. I'm, I'm going to stay in the middle and I'm going to try to play glass half full for now. So beer. Anthony. I mean, he's, he's pretty much spot on. Um, I know when Quinn was there, he certainly wasn't developing, developing them properly. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's hurt them in, in a little bit here. I still under Gallant, but uh, at the end of the day, um, look, I, I know, you know, some Ranger fans who maybe aren't as informed or um, just see these guys selected at first, second overall, maybe their, you know, expectations were unrealistic. They thought they were going to come in and, you know, set the world on fire. Um, so that maybe kind of, you know, threw some people off on what they will, what they would be. Um, but they still need to give you more. Uh, I think it's key to the long-term success. I know for a while they weren't be used in the right areas and getting enough playing time, but at some point, um, you know, if you're truly that good, you could overcome those things and, you know, still produce at a pretty decent clip. Um, so I, I think under Gallant, I think these guys are, are in good hands. Uh, I think it's going to be on them now to finally show what they got because, you know, especially this is at this year is going to be end of Kako's third year. Um, and if he has, uh, and we talked about it in the summertime, if he has another, you know, and it looks like he's on pace for it, things don't change. But if he ends the season kind of, he's playing now and not putting up numbers, um, I think it's going to affect what type of term and money the Rangers give him as an RFA this year. Bridge. Um, and he, yeah, and he's not he's not going to get much money because you're not going to invest big term, big time dollars and in term into a guy who's giving you very little offensively. So, um, again, way 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 too early to to write these guys off. But as a Ranger fan, you have to start to be at least a little concerned. So, uh, what is it? Beer. Okay. All right. There we go. And I'm going to cut it off right there and wait a second. So that way I can put my beer up there as well. So that way people aren't confused. But I'm going to also go in a different um, thinking from you guys. Because part of the problem is the Rangers aren't the Detroit Red Wings who bottomed out and have these rookies playing top power play, top power play unit minutes, top line minutes. I mean, Kako is, Lafreniere is not. Um there's there's a lot that they have to do. And if they were in different situations, they weren't buried in the lineup. It would they're they're on a team that's trying to make the playoffs. So they just got to be contributors. Or, could they be stars eventually? Yeah. I like sometimes what I've seen out of Kako. And there's other times where he's been completely invisible. But that same thing with Lafreniere and and a lot of these guys. Same thing with Chris Kreider, and we've been talking about him for the last eight years. So I really think just kind of calm it down a little bit, but we've talked about it before. If it was a situation where Lafreniere and Kaka were on the top power play unit and they're not producing anything, because after all, as, um, as a friend of mine said to me this week, Noah Dobson's got as many points as Kaka or Lafreniere. Here's... For, I, don't, I don't know who that was. But... <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just you know it, the situ the situation is they're playing the veterans first. The Kako and Lafreniere aren't getting their their ice time as much as everyone else. Everybody, calm down. Ice time is how you develop. You you, de you learn by doing. No, of course. But here's one thing that I wanted to say before you guys were talking about. Um, we, we were talking about like the scoring, and Anthony was mentioning how like Mika was putting up points, and Fox and Panarin are going to produce elite levels. If you look at the Rangers scoring, their scoring is coming from basically all the guys on that top unit. 
And then the secondary scoring, there's a major drop-off afterwards for everybody that's not on that unit, and that's on power play number two. So if you start giving these guys more time to give you more points, then maybe they can take that next step. But as some of the commenters in here in the chat have been saying, you know, it doesn't seem like they want to give them that. Why is play two on the Rangers exists like a Mike Keenan backup goalie? Yeah, exactly. They're there, but are they going to be used? Yeah. So I mentioned the name Noah Dobson before, Anthony, and I say this. The Islanders need to to feature Noah Dobson more. Mr. Larocco. Uh, you know, round. Um, you know, I think his draft year, uh, I, I know my boy Philk over here was an advocate on, you know, him. I would have liked to see him on the Rangers. Um, I think I think he's got a he's still got a really high pedigree. Um, and I think like you said, he's a younger guy. They brought him along with kids' gloves his, his first year to the point where the guy like sat in the press box for 40-something games. Um, and even last year, too, uh, you know, they, they kind of sheltered him. But now, based on, you know, Pollock's injury and um, COVID, he's kind of like thrust into the things. And, you know, he's he's starting to become a little more offensively. You see him joining the play, um, on the uh, should, joining the rush a lot more. Um, he's getting more power play minutes. Uh, he got his, you know, not anything to write home about, but he got his ninth point yesterday. Um, so, and with Pollock out right now, I mean, he's definitely their, their, you know, most offensive defenseman. Uh, he skates well. He's a bigger, he's a big guy. Um, and I think he could be a really good defenseman in this league. And I think right now uh, with the way the season's, the Islanders season's going right now, it can't hurt to give the younger guys more of a role. Like I said, Wallstrom. Um, you know, he's playing much more confidence now. So, and I think you see that in Dobson. Again, his defensive game decision-making, um, you know, every now and then he has a little bit of a blunder. I mentioned that that uh, that game against the Predators where he, he really cost them, a, you know, at least one point with that play at the end of the game. But um, overall, you know, I, I've been liking his game. And uh, you could, when, the, when the defenseman chips in offensively, I think that's a good sign that their confidence is growing and he's, he's doing stuff that he didn't do his first couple of years in the league. So um, definitely around play him more, uh, get him more comfortable playing against, you know, the more skilled players in this league. And, uh, you know, hopefully he really can solidify himself as a legitimate top pairing defenseman. Phil, I'm buying everybody around on this. I, I right now, I, he, it just seems like he's, arguably their best defenseman. I know everybody's going to talk about Adam Pellick and how well of a shutdown defense or how good of a shutdown defender he is and how he's really a minutes eater. But Dobson is eating minutes, uh, as you can see there, almost 20 minutes, just under 20 minutes a game. And it seems like he's developing and taking his game to the next level. You can tell in the way that he handles the puck and moves the puck. He's playing with a lot more conviction and confidence in everything that he does. Uh, I, I I just like the way that his game has taken that next step this season. I, I, I think if you really – the Islanders want to make a push, then Noah Dobson's got to continue to eat minutes. I don't know if you're necessarily going to go get another top four defenseman. I, I guess maybe with the lines, with their configurations, with wanting to get Pelic and Pollock back together, and then Mayfield being a right-side guy and Dobson also being a right-side guy. Um, 
I guess I, I, I would put Noah Dobson on the third pair just because they, they love Mayfield's shutdown ability. But I, I, I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't want to go forward with a guy that's supposed to be your your probably your core defender going forward. So this has got to be around. I'm going to go around as well because I think they – I'm the one that proposed this question. I think they need to use him more on the power play. I think they need to use him more at even strength. If you're going to start splitting up uh, Pelican Pollock when they come back, then that's what you're going to have to do. Sometimes you you split up a, de- a defense pairing and a second one will take off after that. Look at the New York Rangers in 2012 and 2011. Mark Stahl was not available. Ryan McDonough went on there. Ryan McDonough became an elite-level defenseman over the next three years. So let's say if they end up doing something like that, moving Dobson up and moving Pelico or Pollock, either one away. So I also can't help but say he, the kid's starting to look a lot better. Yes, he's got the brain farts. Everybody does. So it's going to happen at a young age. What, what are you going to do? I mean, that's, that's, that's how you learn. Not everybody is um, a polished product at the end at, at when they first make the league. So it's okay. As we were just talking Fox. about with Lafreniere and Kako. So, by the way, this is what's interesting. As, as I said, this uh, Dobson's fourth on the Islanders at 1955 uh, in ice time or time on ice. Do you know who leads the league in average ice time? Is it Drew Doughty? Anthony? I don't know. Thomas Shabbat. Shabbat. Wow. 26 and 26 minutes, 52 seconds average per game. I know Dowdy was was leading the league like earlier on in the year. He's he logs an unreal amount of time for LA. Right. I actually didn't see in the comments if anybody got that, but that would be also nice. Speaking of defense, real quick, I just gonna throw this thing. I just happened to see it. Elliot Freeman saying that the Coyotes are taking calls on Jacob Chikrin, but they said the ask is massive. But that that's a guy. That's a guy I would. Uh, you know, I mean, he would fit like you would I mean he would fit a lot of teams like a glove, but I would, you know, I would move a, a lot for the Islanders to get Jacob Chikrin. Right. Mean, and, and, uh, Phil's got something on that right now. Um, I can't say what I, uh, who I've heard this from, but I, I've heard that the Rangers were in talks with a Western Conference team. It's, believed that Arizona might be one of them. Um, there have been names that have been mentioned. Um, Braden Schneider was one of them. And it's a possibility that this was being talked about for Jacob Chikrin. Uh Schneider and others were being mentioned, but it was for a player with term. So, that's not Phil Kessel. So that would lead me to believe if in fact they are talking to Arizona, maybe they are talking about Jacob Chikrin, but I don't know how you make that work with the cap. Someone would have to be going back. So I also don't know how you make that work with that roster. You already have Jacob Truba on uh power play unit two. You have Nils Lundqvist you're developing on power play two. I would and take also- Jacob Truba off power play two if it meant getting Jacob Chikrin. I, I, I know, I but then you're paying, yeah, what are you paying him $8 million for? I mean, if the Rangers got Jacob Chikrin, that would be absurd. But, I mean, I, I can't imagine the Coyotes n- not demanding Niels Lundqvist in that deal. They'd yeah. be dumb if they didn't. 
and and eventually you are going to go up against a cap. Yeah. Two other teams in the Metro Division. This one is a bit of a stretch, guys, but I don't think it's that much of a stretch. The Pittsburgh Penguins will win the Metro. I'll start this. I'm buying everybody around. I'm going to call it right now. You did it last uh, year, too. Yeah, I did it last year. Um, I, I, it's just there are certain teams. You, you, you never count them out. Oh God, I am so, I hate the Penguins so much as a fan, but I can't help but look as a pundit and go, they're gonna get back of Genny Malkin. They're gonna have those three lines set up with Malkin, Carter, and Crosby. I don't know about their their fourth line, but they're playing great anyway. They're playing, they're only five points behind. I mean, this they're they're gonna take off. They're gonna do it. And they've already played hard teams like Tampa plenty. And Toronto, they I think they beat up Toronto, if I recall that, the last time. Anthony. I'm going to go shot. The, the Capitals are taking the division, I think. Um, and it's funny because these two teams were talking about when they were going to fall off and certainly looking it's not this year. But um, I think I think the Capitals are going to take it. I mean, I think they're going to get Nick Bastrom back pretty soon. Um, Ovechkin's a man on the mission. I mean, he, he looks like. He looks like he found the fountain of youth, fucking swan dove right in there, you know, splashed around for a little bit, <laughs> got out. And I just realized I dropped the F-bomb there before, but um, I get <laughs> fired, fired up when I talk about Ovi. Um, <laughs> uh, no, he's, he, he looks like he's just young again. Um, you know, he's third in the league in points, I believe. Uh, and thank you, Core. there. He got activated today. Um, but I, I think... I think it's the Caps, and the Caps are taking it, and it's going to be Ovi on his back. Philk? I am going to say beer. The The reason why I say beer is because Washington, like Anthony said, is getting back Nicholas Backstrom, and you have Alexander Ovechkin, who's still on pace for 59 goals without Nicholas Backstrom. Just think about that at that age. That's just absurd. Um, Carolina is also a really, really good team. And you have three guys like Slavin, Pesci, and then D'Angelo, who's continuing to put up points for them. And that power plays nuts. Their offense up and down is just stacked. And they have guys like Andre Svechikov's not even having a great year. Wait until he starts coming around to start scoring. Uh, and getting a number two picks that struggle. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I think that Pittsburgh is going to make a run and they're, they're going to be in the thick of things, but I, I don't think they win the division. So I'm only going to say a beer there. Yeah, I don't understand why uh, teams around the league don't understand that Tristan Jari doesn't have a left arm, but it's, it's just he's, he's played great. Can't, can't argue with that. But that glove side in that playoffs was not very good. So no. we'll see about that one. Moving on. Uh, by the way, uh, you guys said the Capitals are probably going to win the division. They're coached by Peter Laviolette, uh, who has the most wins for an American-born head coach. Laviolette. 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 It's amazing. I love the guy and I mispronounce his name all the time. Uh, but anyway, most wins American all time is him. Who's got the second most? Torrell. Trotz. 
And John Tortorella, if you haven't seen his comments on Trevor Zegras, where he said, I'm not sure if it's good for the game. It's cool, but our game has gone so far from what our game should be, a hard game. Can you, John Tortorella was right about his comments on Trevor Zegras. Go, Anthony. Can you can you really be surprised that this came out of Tortorella's mouth? I mean, he's the prototypical old-school, hard knocks, no BS type of coach. Um, and if he coached the Ducks, I guarantee you he, he probably would have smacked Milano and Zegras around after the game and told him never to do that again <laughs> while wearing while wearing like, um, that jersey as long as he's the coach. So I'm not like, shocked. Uh, like in Major League where it was yeah. nice play, Hayes, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I'm not – so I'm not shocked based on that. As far as his comments go, um, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think nowadays it's all about skill and speed and – you know, kids, you know, go on YouTube and, you know, watching, you know, watching unbelievable deeks and all that stuff. So 50 million it, views. Yeah, it, it's, there's definitely there's definitely a yeah. draw, a draw to it um, for sure. Um, I think his point was, I think on that segment, I think DiPietro or, or someone said how many views he got. And Tortorella yeah. said, yeah, OK, it's got a lot of views. But I mean, how those how many of those people actually are still going to really care about hockey after watching it, you know? So, which is, which is true to a point. I'm sure there's some people watch it and oh, wow, it's really cool, but it's not going to make them fall in love with hockey. But, um, so, I mean, listen, I, I think speed and skill sells. I think we need to see more of it. We need to see more personality. Um, and I think this type of goal can show to what Zegers' personality is and stuff. So, um, I mean, I disagree with torts. I think, I think it was great. Um, but kind of like the traditionalist old school in me still kind of, you know, would have liked to seen someone try to take his head off for even trying it. Um, that's where I agree with torts. I think, I think players are too soft these days. If that, if he's right, if that would have happened, like in the, you know, John LeClaire era or in, you know, guys like that, they would have, they would have steamrolled Zegers the next time they saw him. So, um, he's right on that, but overall, I do think it's good for the game. So what is it? Uh, sounds like you're buying. It almost sounds like you want a beer because you, you yeah. think he's right in a way, but he's yeah. All and right, so that's where we're going. I think it's beer. Okay, Phil. And welcome back to another edition of Big Apple Hockey News. I am your host for tonight, John Fulkowski. And <laughs> our first headline is "Old Man Yells at Cloud." More at eleven. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I am going to uh, – I'm going to buy a beer here because Anthony kind of nails it. But, like, I get it. Like, in, in the, the trap and clutch and grab era beforehand, you know, you would have you would have gotten your head taken off for trying this. And, yeah, I, I do like to see the physicality in the game. But at the same time – you want to grow the game and you're, you're talking this down. It's stupid. It makes no sense to me, but it also didn't make sense to me that they're trying to grow the game. And they put an ESPN, or they put Colorado versus the Rangers on ESPN plus instead of having it on national TV. So, um, but yeah, I, I, this is just stupid for him to be, to, to do that in, in a way they are right, but, He's also a, a 
grumpy kind of grinchy grouch, whatever you want to call him for, for saying it the way that he did and dis, and being dismissive of it. So I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm going to say beer cause I'm kind of torn on this. I thought I put that up, but I wasn't sure. I'll just do yeah, it again. Did. And I might as well leave it because I'm going to say beer as well. Uh, the one thing I do have to say about this is Torts was sincere when he was talking about it, I think. Because John Tortorella is a guy that always believes every single inch of ice should be fought for at every single moment. If John Tortorella saw his guys, the way the Sabres were pylons standing in front, they, John Tortorella would have killed them. And another thing about this, people forget about this. The guy that scored the goal is Sonny Milano, a guy that John oh. Tortorella coached for years. So he Massapique. wasn't, com- yeah, yep. Massapeak was owned. I mean, he wasn't completely against what the play is. It's just that when you do something like that flashy and you embarrass a team and you're, um, the, as the old term from the NBA goes, you're posterized. That's what people are going to remember forever. And then it's going to be the, the next time I see Trevor Zegras, uh, he's, he's going to go down. I mean, I, I'll take a penalty. It doesn't I matter. No problem with that. Yeah, and um, uh, uh, Ob on NHL Network was talking about that. So it's it's just it, there's there's certain things about that. Like if somebody tries that, there's that's just what they're gonna do. You always love playing that, <laughs> play with that sometimes. But don't worry, uh, we'll, yeah, Anthony's still learning the streamyard stuff on the fly. All right, um, moving over to. The Colorado Avalanche, who beat the New York Rangers last night. And by the way, boys, they've got the most goals scored in the NHL, and it ain't even close. I think they're eight more than the next team. But the Avalanche can win a cup with their offense. Filk. I'm going to say shot because we've seen this movie before. They get to the they get deep in the playoffs. And then they face a team that plays them tough defensively, takes away their time and space, and is hard on them and starts hitting them, is real physical with them, and what happens? They lose. They haven't made a major improvement to this team. They need another, I would say, legitimate top four defender. I would add another depth score if I were them, someone who can really play good two-way hockey. But, um, yeah. Actually, you know what? A top six forward would really help them out. I wonder who has one of those. Hmm. Philadelphia? Mm -hmm. Dallas? Hmm. Could could a name like Claude Giroux or Joe Pavelski be available? Woo-woo, Claude Giroux. Oh, but you know what? And no, they're not going to win with their offense. Their goaltending has to be better. I don't know if Darcy Kemper is a legitimate or significant upgrade over Philip Grubauer. When you have goaltenders like that, and I get it, people look at, oh, Jordan Bennington won a cup. Bill Redford won a cup. You know what? The teams in front of them were that much better. And you know what? What did St. Louis win with? Tough, physical two-way play, and great defense. That's what they won with. So when Colorado fixes those other issues, then they will win the Stanley Cup. I'm saying shot right now. Mr. Laraco. Shot. Um, that This type of style um, does not does not win come playoff time as you go deep into the playoffs. Jack uh, Johnson plays regular minutes for them. And John, and John I mean, John said it. It's uh, – 
they're I mean what what I kind of equated to um back in uh, 2007 I mean the Buffalo Sabres were like the the version of the Rams the greatest show on turf I mean they scored goals they were they were high octane they were fun to watch uh, and then they met a team like Ottawa who was able to score similar to them but play better defense um, and they hit a wall in that series and and Ottawa took them out so I think with Colorado I, I think they're all, I think their offense is good enough to win a round or two, but as it gets later in playoffs, it becomes harder to score. Your body becomes more and more down, um, and you have to fight even harder for that extra space out there. Um, and right now, I don't, I don't think the way Colorado plays, they're built to do that. So no. um, it is a shot, uh, but you know it's a long season. Maybe they make some additions at the deadline to help them out, but I don't think they could play this way in the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup. Well. We're going to make it a clean sweep. And since there's three of us, what does that mean? Shot, 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 shot. Everybody. So anyway, um, no, defense defense wins championships. Offense wins games. Just that simple. And whenever it's it, it's 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 like that. I mean, Darcy Kemper's got um, – oh, sorry, that was gone again. Uh, Darcy Kemper, he's not exactly the most healthy goaltender, so we don't know about him. I like him in net. I'm not sure if I love him in net for Colorado. Uh, their defense is okay. They've given up a lot of goals, too. That's something that can't be overlooked. I think they've given up before the Ranger game. They gave up 25, I think, in five in the last five games or something like that. It, they scored an awful lot, but they, they were giving them – they were letting them in the back of their net. So, no, no, the answer is they, they, you can't win a Stanley Cup with offense. If anybody could tell me the last team that 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 won a Stanley Cup exclusively on offense. I would say the, the Carolina top. Hurricanes. Um, Cam Ward did play out of his mind during that playoff run, but their, their, their defense, their top four, looked like Aaron Ward, Brett Hedekin, Fre- uh, Frank Haberlay, and I'm I'm missing a name here. Uh, uh, Ricard Wallin, I think, would probably be that would have been their top four. But their their defense was not good on paper. They were awful on paper. But okay. their their top nine forwards, you had like Mark Recchi and Doug Waite on like their third line practically. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna allow that. That that's probably the one I could think of that they won with their offense. I was th- still thinking Cam Ward won it with. Um... Uh, I mean, he did win the Smythe as a rookie, yeah. But he did win the Conn Smythe, yeah. He won the Conn Smythe, and Heinz Ward won the Super Bowl MVP that year. One of three surnames to share Super Bowl MVP and Conn Smythe Trophy winner. So, actually, that's a good one. I should ask you guys about that later. Hmm. So, also, what's a new hit song that's going around Western Canada? Bruce, there it is. Bruce Boudreaux is already fixing the Canucks. And the Canucks, by the way, 4-0. Under Brujo. Anthony. I mean, the early results, it's hard to argue with that. Um, so I guess I guess I gotta go around. They they look like a more engaged team under Brujo. And you know, usually that happens after you make a coaching change. You know, players are players are motivated um to play after a change of coach. They're also usually um a little a little bearing the responsibility of getting the of getting the prior guy fired. Um, so that, that kind of motivates them as well. Um, so we'll see if it lasts, you know, for the rest of the year or how long it lasts, but, uh, so far, Boudreaux is pushing the right buttons. He's getting the most out of the guys. I mean, as it is, you know, 
because I have ESPN Plus, so I watch a lot of the Adam Market games. You know, uh, Patterson looks more engaged. Uh, you know, Horvat looks better. Um, you know, Brock Besser still needs to, I think, raise his game a little bit. But um, overall, so far, so good. Philk? Um, I feel like you're, you're kind of like pigeonholing this in a way. Because like you, this is kind of like loaded, if you will. Like you, you're, you're saying already fixing the Canucks, but it's such a small sample size. Like it's it's really, really, really early to be saying already fixing. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, technically, by what you're saying, you have to say round here because it, they're five and zero. Oh, but are is he really fixing them, or is he just going to do the same thing where? The offense goes and fires on all cylinders. The defense is still a problem. The goaltending helps them. So yeah, I guess you're you're you, you got the point. It's a it's a beer for me. But oh yeah, and, my bad. I right. thought it sounded like you said round for a minute, but I understand what you mean by that. That it's a beer. No, because it, it, you you still you still got to worry about their defense, and you don't know what they're going to do towards the end of the season. It's it's just way too early for me to say this. So I'm I'm gonna say beer here. This guy's already done it once before midseason, went to another team and improved them greatly. He did it with the Ducks after the Capitals fired him. The guy is a hell of a coach. Just I wish him to get playoff success. Especially after the way you defined it, I almost said beer, but no, I'm going to go buying around. He is just absolutely on, on – he's, he's one of the best coaches – in the history of the NHL, it's just he just does not have that um, that playoff success that ever matched. I think the deepest he ever got was Game 7, 2015 with Anaheim. And yep. and then that was it. That and, But he went to Anaheim, Perry and Getz left. They were amazing. And then uh, he, he goes to Minnesota. Probably the one place where he didn't have as much success as the rest of them. He's won two different. He's won a president's trophy with two different teams. So, wait, no, he didn't. He didn't no, win with Anaheim. He won with Washington in 2010. I don't think he won with Anaheim. I had to stop because the year that he could have won, the Rangers won it. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, a little bit too aggressive with that. The guy is, but he almost won it. Oops. So the guy is still that uh, that great of a coach. I. I can't say enough about Bruce Brodro. And if I was his players, I would just run through a wall for him. Um, you know, guys, we'll skip. We'll skip the last one. We'll go because we don't need to do that last one, do we? What's the last one? Uh, NHL COVID protocols yeah, we, affect competitive balance. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think yeah, we have covered that. Already. You know, we don't need to do that. But we do want to know what you guys think. Throw it all down in the comments below. Edmonton Oilers are in trouble. Where the hell did that one come from? That's definitely you know what? Rocco. Oh, wait. Right. All right. I guess right Anthony there. got there in the last in the in the last second. All right, because you definitely didn't put it under this folder. Very you were very sneaky, Mr. Anthony. <laughs> so you know something, yeah. guys. So instead of doing the sign-off, let's go with this. The Edmonton Oilers I, are in trouble. I feel right like now. it was needed. They they lost they lost six games in a row. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think if San Jose would have won last night, they would have fell out of the top eight in the West. And that's what, what, what you were talking about. What's, what's crazy? Yeah. What's crazy about that is McDavid and Drysaddle are 
having like borderline historic seasons with the way they're producing and they could potentially be out of a playoff spot. I mean, that that's just um, that's just inexcusable for me. And I can imagine how much frustration McDavid would feel again if they miss the playoffs come the end of the year. But, um, you know, Miko Koskinen has a 902 save percentage. Uh, Mike Oof. Smith is, 30, is 39 years old and has only played three games because he's been hurt. Um, you know, outside of McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, I mean, Zach Hyman's got 11 goals. But outside those guys, uh, I mean, Pooley Arvey's had a, you know, a pretty decent year, but I still think they lack depth. Um, I think their defense still really isn't all that great. And I just mentioned, I think their goaltending is not good at all. Um, so I, I think the Oilers need to do something here to get back on track uh, because, you know, as history shows, it might repeat itself with them. You know, uh, oh, so wait, so what's your thing? Is it beer or is it a round? It's a round. You're buying. And you know what? I got to pull a folk on this one. Anthony, define in trouble. I I would say trouble is in they are the playoffs. Yeah, of of having. Well, I'll put it this way. You know, where it looked like early in the year they were going to cruise their division title. It's looking at if they continue on this path that they're going to be in a dogfight just to make the playoffs. Okay. In that case, yeah, I'm buying everybody around on that one too. I have never been a believer on their goaltending ever at any point. And uh, Ken Holland needs to improve their defense a little bit more. And uh, it, it's, again, like you said before, you got McDavid, you got, you got dry saddle. They're producing. They, they, they right now have 90 points between the two of them. And yet, come on. I mean, you, you can't be in this situation where you're fighting for your your life every single moment, and you're not sure if you're, if the goaltender that's in net is going to stop the puck because that plays on your team's confidence so badly if you know that if, if any shot can go in. No, it, it can't happen. Philk. I'm going to have to buy a round. Um, it, it, just the, some things I want to point out here. One, about two weeks ago, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were still almost on pace for over two point per game seasons. They were like 170, 180 points. Yeah. They're only on pace for about 137 points right now. Only. So they, yeah, only. I know, I know it sounds <laughs> so ridiculous saying that. So ridiculous saying yeah. that. But that just goes to show you the slump that those two have kind of been in as of late. And mm-hmm. I, I hate to use the word slump there because they've just they're still both leading the lead with 45 points in 27 games apiece. So that that's crazy to say. But the other thing is, is if you look at the standings in the wild card, Edmonton with 27 games is 32 points. They have the second wild card spot as of right now. Winnipeg has they have a game on hand on is breathing down their neck with 31 points. So they're only one behind, and they they Edmonton has a game in hand on them. San Jose has 29 games played, they have 31 points. LA has the same amount of games played. They're only two points, uh, they're three points behind. Dallas has 28 points in 26 games. So, and then with Vancouver and their recent surge in play, you'd have to imagine that Dallas is probably going to want to go for it because they have a core that's older between Sagan, Ben, and Radulov. And those those three are all older. Hopi's Klingberg's older. UFA. Klingberg's a UFA. 
Uh, I mean, Rupe Hintz is going to need a new deal. Uh, it just, they're going to have to, they're probably going to have to go for it. So that, that wild card chase is not going to get any easier for the Oilers. So I, I don't know if they're, if they're at the point of serious troubles if yet, but there is some definitely some level of trouble. So I am buying around on this. Well, here's a question I got for you guys. Just, and to, answer, just to answer that question, the Oilers well, just asked that. And that's actually what the question I was going to answer yeah, is. They don't ask. have any. They don't have any cap space. They they can't add someone of that salary without shipping someone out. Yeah. So, possibly until the end of the season. That's um, why Duncan Keith that. was a stupid move. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. So they've got their choices on goaltenders to go after. We talked about Simeon Verlamov earlier. Mark Andre Fleury is one. Uh, then there's Kadobin right, right there. Sorry, Hudobin. I mean, <laughs> but uh, then you have the ridiculous trade rumor of Carey Price to to Edmonton. I mean, so they kind of got their choice, but they got to make their choice soon. Miko Koskinen is not an NHL goaltender. He's not. He is, but he's a backup. Yeah, he, I mean, I would I wouldn't go that. Far. I'd say he's an NHL goaltender, but he's not a starting goaltender. No. No. Okay, no, maybe no. I'm harsh on the guy. I've I'm never liked him. I'm not gonna lie to you. A 902 save percentage isn't good, but he's no, I, he's. I wouldn't say he's not an NHL goaltender. Though. All right, no, all right. Maybe I went a little bit too far with that sentence. So it's it's just one of those things of kind of like last week when Georgiev went in for uh, Sisterkin. He had an 838 save percentage. The only way to achieve an 838 save percentage was to literally <laughs> dodge shots. So <laughs> it's. It's just, I, I, I've, I've looked at Koskinen over the last three or four years and just, no, he's, uh, he's just not that good. He's not going to win you a cup. He's, no. He might not even get you a playoff spot. And the Islanders certainly didn't believe in him either. So there's another one. All right. Okay, guys, actually, we're going to wrap up the bar talk right there. What do you think? Are the Oilers in trouble? Because I, I had that one come at me late. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh are the Rangers developing Kako and Lafreniere right? Or uh, should Noah Dawson be featured more? Are the Penguins going to win the division? Throw it all down in the comments below. So do uh, you guys just want to start the Q&A? And um, we, don't have to, we don't have to go right to uh, – uh, where is that? Oh, there. Yeah, I'm going to head out yeah. a little bit. I got I to gotta do some errands Christmas time, that time of the year. I got to buy stuff and – I have not started my Christmas shopping yet in any way, and I haven't even made my list. I still got Phil's birthday present right behind me. Thank you, NHL. If you would have canceled those three games, they we might have had our viewing party. Why don't why didn't you ship it to them? Because I figured I was gonna drive by there. I might I might drive by it tonight anyway. So that might be a reason why because I'm going out to actually I'm not gonna be near you. <laughs> not gonna be even close. Going to um, uh, Northport. Yeah, no, it's not close to me. To watch the game, a friend of mine wants to get a couple beers. But all right, Ant. So uh, yeah, we'll let you go. Go get dinner started. What? All right, I thought you were leaving. I said a couple minutes. Oh, oh okay. Then so we got you right here, guys. Let's take some questions. So, I. By the way, I also, I, I can't help but look at, uh that Edmonton goaltending situation and just think, Oh my God, this is such a mess. Who thought that was a good idea? Well, apparently Peter Shirelli did cause he re-signed Koskinen only a couple days before they 
they relieved them of his duties. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't get why they brought Smith back again. Like that's yeah, just, yeah, at his I, age. I yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, and like you mentioned, Mark, I don't know who's really available on the, you know, on the trade market. I mean, I know the Blackhawks could move Flurry, I guess, but I mean, the guys at the end of his career, does he really want to go play for Edmonton at this point? Um, move his family, you know. As it is, he wasn't sure about yeah. going to Chicago. So, Dude, I, but I don't, I don't know. Question: Why can someone tell me why Lafreniere and Kako are doing worse than players drafted after them? It's development. It's it's the Rangers. It's something with that team and the way that they handle players. And this is this is a stat that Stat Boy Steven has has said time and time again. The Rangers have not developed a 60 point plus or a 60 plus point forward since Tony Amante. Since Tony that is Amante. not good. Not good at all. That is not good. Cause you got to develop some guys from your system and it's just, it's, it's been too long here's, but again, part of it, uh, like I said, I don't want to kill these guys because they don't get top power play minutes. They don't, uh, they're not getting really top line minutes. So that's another thing that's in there, but it's going to be a good question to see. Um, what that's what they're going to go with on that. Uh, Johnny. Yeah, you're right about that. You count on one hand, how many players that they've drafted that became stars in the NHL. Hasn't that Brian Leach. What we got next the Henrik Lundqvist, technically Henrik Lundqvist, Mike Richter. Um, yeah. Well, and of course, by the way, this is a comment that I need to always get highlights. I want my first <laughs> Would you would yeah. you move would you move Kako for Jacob Trickren if they demanded him? Uh no, I'm not moving no. Kako. No, not not for him. Uh, I mean, if if you're if we're talking like McDavid or someone like that, or if we're talking like another elite young forward, then okay, I, I have no problem moving him at that point. But for another defenseman, no. Yeah. And especially with the crowded decor and the way they play their power play is you only need one defenseman anyway. You don't need to get two. So it's no, absolutely not. Um, now, would you say Jacob Chikrin's elite or close to being elite? For a defenseman? I mean, he had one very good year. I want to see more than one very good year from him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, none I mean, of his other years good. have really been that great. And I'm not going to kill him for this year. Because th- that Arizona team is just god awful, but yeah. um, Gossip Spear still leading them in scoring. Basically, yeah. Okay. Probably. I mean, Chick Chicken had 18 goals last year. That's pretty. That's pretty that's good. Really good. That's really but, good for uh, again. I want. I want to see more than one good year from Jacob Chicken before I'm unloading Capo Caco and other assets to go to go get him. And it, to me, it doesn't make sense when this team has defenders and they need wingers. They, it, they're they so barren at, at right wing, it's it's not even funny. And and not only that, but you alienated your top right wing prospect in Vitaly Kravtsov. So so now everything looks even more bleak there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe Keller retired. Thank you, David. Oh. Uh, at at some point, hopefully in the distant future, we'll have earpieces to correct us. But we at least we have you guys to do that for me. 
Uh, it saves it saves on uh, budget costs. Yeah, seventeen points apiece in twenty seven games. It just it, it and Jacob Chikrin's not even in the top. Travis Boyd has more points than Jacob Chikrin this yeah. season. So yeah. I, again, I don't want to kill Jacob Chikrin, but if if Gostaspier and others can put up those types of points, if Lawson Kraus can put up more points than uh, than Jacob Chikrin, then something is not right to me. Yeah, and it can't just be oh you're demoralized because you're getting ice time and yeah, you, you're playing with really not exactly the best. I, I, I want to see more of Jacob Chicker before I use the words elite. Does he have the potential to be sure? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Johnny brought up, uh, Rick Middleton. Oh, yeah. That was, that was one, one of the, probably one of the five worst trades in NHL history, Rick Middleton for Ken Hodge straight up. And Ken Hodge absolutely did nothing with the Rangers. Rick Middleton ended up going on to score what almost 450 goals and almost a thousand points in the NHL. Yeah. Didn't the Bruins just retire Middleton's number this year? Uh, I don't know. I think it was something like that. They, they honored him. I remember that. I'm going to go to this one, by the way. Um, I'm going to go back to uh, Spirited's uh, Spirited Review. But Truba's hit was legit. And we talked about this yeah. on last week's show, John and I. And there, are fan, there, are, there are pundits that were going, oh, well, that's not the right hit. No. You put your head down. That's what you get. You, we're not making this. Because, by the way, the funny part is, in the same game that you had Jacob Truba laying out Nate McKinnon, um, his defense partner later on the game was caught stick checking and O'Connor went around him to score. So no, it's it, it, the, the hit was legit. The hit has a place in hockey and don't take it away. Just don't take away the physicality of the game. What about yeah. you? And you think that was a good one? Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Uh, I saw, I saw a lot of, um, people posting screen grabs of like stills of, uh, I guess trying to show that Truba uh, made contact with the head first. Um, but I think, I think if you manipulate a photo by pausing at the right time, it could appear that way. But I thought, I thought they were good hits. I didn't have any problem with it. Yeah. No, they're, they're both perfectly clean, legal textbook hits. Like if you, if you went and threw those hits, a coach would praise you for that. And then they would use those hits in a tutorial video of how to throw a hit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like those are textbook hits. Don't, 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 don't turn this game into into bubble hockey. That would just be stupid. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I agree. Yeah. It, it, it's just funny because there's a lot of people out there that are just exposing themselves as people mm-hmm. who don't play the game, who have never played the game, who don't have the experience with it, by saying these things too. And you know what? I, listen, you, you can't, you can't even, you can't even say that he did anything dirty because one, he lowered himself to make sure that he made contact with the chest in both instances, then came up and the follow throughs didn't even catch him in the head. Like yeah. Kyra, unfortunately, was was out on, he was out on contact. Yeah, that was that was scary to see. That I was scary. That. Yeah, that but, that was scary, but that's unfortunately that's the risk you take in this league. And yeah. after all, I mean, Michael Sauer just had one hit 
That's it. And that ended his career. Did you guys uh, see? I, I sent in the group chat. I don't know if you noticed that the, the NHL writers took their shot at the Metropolitan Division All Stars. There was four Rangers on it: Fox, Kreider, Panarin, and and Shesterkin. I'm and okay then, with uh, that. I think all then, four deserve to make it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Sorokin was the other goalie, so it would be cool to see Sorokin and and oh, I, I would I would say that's more than fair. I, I think Ilya Sorokin's numbers would probably be even better had the Islanders not been a complete dumpster fire in front of him. He's their best. He's by far their MVP of the season. If they have absolutely, he's by far absolutely. He's he's the only thing that's keeping them from being worse than Ottawa right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah imagine where they would be without him. That's certainly true. So uh, I mean, the, the, the problem for the Islanders, and somebody said this to me this week. I even think you might have said this, Ant, uh, as well, which is uh, the they're built for the playoffs, but you have to get there. Yes, exactly. And that's yeah. where the tough part is. It, yeah. It's great that you got it now, but I, I, that, this is a long way to go. And they had two shortened seasons before this when they had all their success. Whether or not that, that played into uh, good factors or bad factors, like the first year that they went to the conference finals, they just got Pajot and Pellick was injured. They were 0 for Pajot after getting him. And now we're going to get to that right now. Oh, yeah, we're getting oh, to that. We're getting that right now. And before I even answer that, before I even answer that, I'll turn it over to John. But let me just finish with this. Um but so they had the shortened season, then they had the COVID layoff, then uh, Pelic came back healthy, solidified their team, they were good to go. Last year, short season, they had their trouble around the 30-game mark in the month of April. They couldn't score a goal on anybody that wasn't wearing a Ranger jersey. <laughs> and yeah. then they end up picking up in the last two weeks, moving on to the conference finals. It's going to be tough this year. It's, it's very tough. And where would this team be without Ilya Sorokin? I don't know. Bottom, He's, you're talking You're talking Shane Wright. Shane Wright. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and Lou would just go, oh, thanks. I'll just take Shane Wright. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Nah, yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> the thing with the Islanders, though, is that they, they were always a team that lacked scoring. And now you took away Jordan Eberle, and Oliver Wallstrom is really not there yet. So now it's going to be an even tougher time because even if they make the playoffs, like, yeah, you could say that they're built to make the playoffs, but who the hell is going to score goals for them in the playoffs at this point? Who's well, this, this is what Mark was talking about earlier with, with the time to move our llama. Well, why, don't, why don't you answer that question and we'll what? go back up top. Uh, actually, we'll all have an answer on this one. So, I mean, my, my take is I look at it two ways. If, which I don't think they have it, if Lou and Barry have already determined that this is a lost season, um, I think I think it would be silly for them not to move him now. Um, because if you're admitting it's a lost season, it, it, who cares if you bring up Corey Schneider or, or Jacob Sakarik to back up Sorokin? It doesn't really matter. You're not going anywhere. anywhere. Um, however, the caveat to that is, if they do believe that, the problem is Varlamov hasn't been himself. You know, He missed all of training camp. I think that's played a role in why he struggled so far. But um, he's in, in the games he's played. I mean, he's he's o five and one. He doesn't have a win yet, um, and his save percentage is eight eight something, which is really bad. So has that affected his trade value? Maybe. But I also think some teams look at his track record over the last couple of years, and they could probably they could probably see past this year and be like, okay, well, he's been a very good goalie prior to that. 
Um, so that's that's one aspect to look at it. However, if they believe that they're still in this and they could rattle off, you know, eight of the next ten, um, then they're they're not going to move him because then what happens if God forbid Sorokin got hurt, like what happened to Sturkin, um, and Varlamov's gone? Now you have to have, like I said, Sakarik or or God forbid Corey Schneider or you know have to have to pay more than you want to you know trade for Anton Kadobin or something along those lines. So. Um, it's a loaded question. Uh, I am not opposed to doing it either way, honestly, but I think it might be more beneficial to do it in the offseason uh, unless a team like the Oilers gets desperate at the trade deadline and says, you know, we'll give you, you know, a first-round pick or, or even we'll give you a Holloway or something like that. But other than that, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that. it might be best to wait to the offseason. Uh, yeah. I would move them probably at the All-Star game, get there before the trade deadline kicks in, and there was going to be – the Edmonton Oil was going to be desperate for goaltending. And God only knows – I don't think they're going to move a piece like Holloway, though. If that's what you're waiting for to move Varlamov, I, I, I think you'll be holding your breath. Uh, no, Holloway, as, as far as I've heard, he's like almost untouchable within that organization. They, they're they so, so high on him. So um, good luck. But so, but going to go back to this one, and Philk, I'll let you go. Uh, first – I'm seeing some comments in here about me talking about um, quote unquote fake fans who never played hockey. No, I'm not calling anybody a fake fan because they've never played hockey. What I'm talking about is the know-it-alls that are going around on Twitter, Facebook, social media, saying that the hit, the Truba hit was dirty. And those people are exposing themselves because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, so I just want to clear that up. I'm not saying that anybody that you have to have played hockey to be a real fan, quote unquote, there is no such thing as a real fan. We're not fan gatekeeping here or anything like that, but it, it's just these know-it-alls going around saying that they, they know what's going on when they really don't. That's what I'm talking about. So just wanted to make that clear to everybody here. Um, the, the getting back to Mika Zibanejad, um, Mika Zibanejad needs to pick his head up, take it out of his ass and, and start playing like he wants to earn that contract. So, um, yeah, I don't, um, I, I, I don't like what I've seen from him so far this season. He looks lost. You want to talk about Butchnevich being gone? Yes, I, I get it. Butchnevich being gone hurts. Um, he had a lot of chemistry with Butchnevich. If Mika Zibanejad is still sulking over that, um, then he needs to get over it and, and start producing and start earning his money. The one thing I will say about that line is that Chris Kreider is not a facilitator. He's not a driver of play. And that's what really hurts me because advantage at right now is not having a secondary play driver on that line. That, that line needs one so desperately. And that's why I think in order to be able to really like win around or make some significant noise in this uh, postseason, uh, they're going to have to make a move to bring in a guy, whether it's Kessel, whether it's Pavelski, whether it's Riley Smith, someone like that. They're going to have to make a move and bring in somebody for that line because Capo Caco is not doing the job there. He's not yeah. he lost. So he needs to be moved back down with Panarin and Strom, and then they need to bring in somebody to help them out, whether it's Vitaly Kravtsov coming back over at the end of the season and, and them giving him the reins and letting him say, hey, just go play hockey with them or whether they go get one of the aforementioned players that I talked about before, something's got to change. Uh, that question, that's going to be hard to answer with Kako because I think the trade deadline is after, or sorry, before 
the KHL season ends. It is before. I, I'm pretty sure. I think it's like the 28th. I, I, I see what the, the updated numbers are and also the, the craziness that's going on with everything with um uh with the Olympics. Oh, it's just so tough. But as far as this goes with Mika, uh, you're right about that. He's got to go and come out and earn that contract. And you said this last year. And then St. Patrick's Day happened. And after that, yeah. Mika exploded and pr- and produced real well. Mika's a guy that's got to get hot. He he runs hot and cold as well, just like just like Chris Kreider. And you know what? Sean's right. Sean's yeah, absolutely he's, right. He's with not that playing moment. anywhere near his contract. And I gotta I gotta say that that's that's he he better start producing. Now, on the other hand, this is where I take a breath. The Rangers are still within reach. Uh, within reach of the top spot in the NHL and they're underperforming with Zibanejad, Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle. I mean, you could go on this whole list. Uh, they're, they're third pairing. We talked about Patrick Nemeth. Oh my God. Uh, him and, and Hayek. I don't know if they could have assisted on that goal. The first one the other night with, uh, it was, was it ranted in there? The first one, I, th- I think. One, yeah, I think it was. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, how long, how clueless can you be? You're going to leave a guy with an open stick like that? There were two guys right next to him. Come on. They, they got to be better. He, and, and Dave brings up a question here. Why not move Mika down in the lineup? Is he even playing up to his contract? Who do you move up? Barkley Goodrell? You, you you break up Ryan Strom? Ryan Strom? Aaron? Yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing you really can do at this point. Because so, again, if Ryan Strom is the answer, what the hell is the question? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I don't. The only thing I could see is um, there was a comment up here before. I'm trying to find it. By the way, Richard, while you try, okay, go try try Heedle and Gauthier first before uh, also Miller down. Bring Schneider up if ready. I would say get rid of Patrick Nemeth and try Zach Jones, um, and and see what happens there, and, and just give him a shot and see if he's ready or not. Um, I wonder if they're saving him for the end of the year. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. But I mean, it, it, it's just. But th- this comment again, Aaron Strom, the only consistent players in five on five right now. So Mika's advantage at there's got to be a move, and I, I honestly, I would put heel with on the right wing on that top line and see how it works. So, by the way, uh, going back to this old one that was up a little bit more, uh, Leo, you're absolutely right. Uh, Physicality is part of the game, and you got to pay the price. I I have uh, I fractured my back playing junior hockey. So yeah, and it was not pleasant. Uh, but unfortunately, there's there's a limit to the physicality that you have to take sometimes, as long as like guys are playing within the rules and not trying to t- take a cheap shot. Uh, I still think uh, I was a victim of a cheap shot with that. Um. And I, I like this comment too. Uh, uh, the spirited saying she would do so much better than the stupid refs. Yeah, yeah, the refs have been terrible as of late. Yeah, it, I, it, I, I don't like complaining about the referees, but they've just, and again, they didn't lose the game last night before because of the refs, but they missed four calls that I counted that were just completely botched. I don't understand how you're getting paid to do what you get paid to do, the amount that you're getting paid to do it, and you're just that bad at your job. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. And no, no, Rick, Rick, no, Keandre did not play forward in college. He played forward before he got to Wisconsin. He was a uh, defenseman. He only became a defenseman two years before his draft year. So he's been, he's been a defenseman for about five years now. Now, let me say this. Is it fair to mention these two guys in the same breath? Because one was drafted as a forward. uh, um, And then they kind of, or they weren't sure where they were going to be. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this guy, but Brent Burns, he's, he's even spent part of his career as a forward in the NHL. And it took well over 10 years for him to make it as a defenseman and eventually win a Norris trophy. I'm not saying Keandre is Brent Burns. I'm saying, think of that learning curve. No, I get it. And that's why I say development's not linear. And and that's why I, I would be very cautious for the people who make the Brent Burns comparison, because yeah, I get it. You see the size, you see the skating ability, you see the hands, you see a, a shot, and especially for a guy who played forward before, you know, before college. I get it. I, it just Brent Burns is one of those rarities. Sergey Fedorov was another one who was able to successfully play defense at the NHL level after being a forward. I mean, they they tried him for a bit in the early 2000s on defense, and he was pretty damn good there. Um, but you're talking about a special breed of player by bringing that up. So. Um, but yeah, it, it, these two comments, uh, he does not use his body to advantage. He needs to get meaner and at six, five and 220 plus pounds, he needs to hit. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with those two comments, Chris and Richard. Um, I'm gonna get away from the word need to hit, but he does need to use his body. Cause if you're to say where he got, well, if you got two defensemen that lay the wood, go right ahead. Uh, that, that actually helps the Rangers. So in that case, yeah, because Truba's been hitting everything in sight lately. Yeah, God bless him. That's been the good thing. That's why. That's why they even brought him here. Um, oh, <laughs> Sean, I might have to apologize to you if you ref the adult league. Yeah, I um, I don't complain. You know what? The refs are just like players. If the execution is is off, but their reasoning is fine, uh, I'm not worried about that. If you're making mental mistakes and just not listening to uh, a captain or anything talking to you, so by the way, I might have I might have said some not so satisfying words to you if you if you if you coach midnight ice if you ref midnight ice hockey for the last twenty years. Yeah, um, I I I don't. I don't often say things to the referees in person. I, I, I just, I don't usually, I don't take a ton of penalties though. I, I, I never really have. And I, and I've played kind of always a hard game, but I've always managed to keep it clean and not take too many penalties. I know when I'm doing something wrong. I, I was playing in a game a few weeks ago and I got called for interference when I had the puck. I don't <laughs> know how that happens, but I got called for interference having the puck possession of it. And I, I was just annoyed. And I actually, it's one of the rare few times that I've actually said something to a ref. And he was just arrogant beyond all belief. Uh, just like, you know what? 
that's that's one of the problems. I I always love it whenever it's uh uh you get hit or you have something happens to you when you have the puck and then they turn to you and say, "Oh well, I wasn't watching the play. I had the puck. Why were you? Why were there's two of you out there? How do you not watch?" Um, let me also just say this because Johnny's right about this, and now I'm gonna go back to the Jacob Truba hit where he was just saying if. There's been about four goals he's counted this year where if K. Andre Miller took the body and that's yeah, that would, right. it would it wouldn't have been a goal. But that's what gets back to the Jacob Trouba situation. If you remove the hit from there, he's only going to stick check. And the Rangers in the last two weeks have been guilty of stick checking everybody. The Rangers all season have been guilty of stick checking. Yeah. Especially in the last two weeks. But they, I mean, K. Andre Miller gets burned twice in one game doing it. Yeah. Twice in one game. Just yeah. And, and and then a bad change. O'Connor scores two goals in a row. Yeah. It just it's it's terrible. You 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 that's why I, I, I say it time and time again, even with like younger players that I know, I, I always tell them like you've gotta watch the shoulders and play the body. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. I mean, but again, he's on a learning curve, so I don't want to completely kill the guy. No, but this is stuff that you're being taught before you even hit your teenage years, though. Yeah, but his teenage years, he was a forward. Still, you're taught that as a forward. If you're back checking, you, 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 it's, it's not even. It doesn't just pertain to defensemen. They teach you that even as you're a forward. Uh, I, you know what? This is actually a good point here. This Hartford staff really hasn't hasn't done a whole lot to to really help the development of these players. And, and that's why I always go back to Kravtsov. You can't mm-hmm. kill Kravtsov for not wanting to go to Hartford if you're going to say something like this. You can't. Because yeah, and, you, know he's, and, you know that something's going on there. They're not, he said that he would want to play for any other team in the AHL other than Hartford. Then, honestly, if that's the case, and you're going to say something like this, and I'm not just saying you, Rick, I'm talking about a lot of other people in general because a lot of Ranger fans have been saying this, you can't kill Kravtsov for not wanting to play somewhere where, one, it's not good for his development, and two, he's getting paid jack shit, and he's not even staying in good hotels mm. to play for, for nothing, for peanuts. So... Honestly, the la- I can't. Hartford has never been good at developing forwards for the Rangers. They haven't been. Well, definitely not since the early two thousands when they gave us Dubinsky, Callahan, uh, Anisimov. That's the late twenty tens. But, but those are your best forwards that are coming out of that team. Yeah. Those are the best forwards coming out of that team. Well, because again, the Rangers identity. But look, but look at Tampa. They, look they at, look at Syracuse and Tampa. Look at Syracuse and Tampa. Point. Yeah. Kucherov, Palat, Tyler Johnson. All those guys came out of there. By the way, what I meant to say is the late 2000s because those players were drafted in the early 2000s. Yeah. Like the 2004 draft. I wasn't trying to say that they were they were that late. But yeah, that's... um. Yeah, the last time Hartford developed players, they were called the Hartford Whalers. That was Sean's. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's 
it's it's definitely a question you have to you have to go with, especially that we liked what the job Chris Knobloch did on the NHL level last year. He did better than the their regular head coach. Ugh, David Quinn. Ugh. So, but again, um, that's a real, that's still the question with the Rangers. Can they develop these players? I I just don't know at this point because it, it just seems like every and you know what it's still early on Kako and Lafreniere, but you struck out on Leah Anderson and he looks like he can. I'm not. I'm not saying he's anything great in LA. He, he's really not. He doesn't really have a ton of points or anything like that. But he looks like he can contribute at least as, as like a passable fourth liner at the NHL level. The Rangers couldn't do that for him. No, and I. Mean, I, I, I just. And, I, I don't and, get it. And again, uh, who who knows if they would have developed Marnie Natchez or. Uh, was Nick Suzuki in that draft too? Yeah, Nick Suzuki and Marty Nagers were both players that they passed up on to draft Leo Anderson. Yeah, thank you, Gordy. But... And, and David, this is a good question, but with the track record that Hartford has, it, it, it's got to be Hartford. And they overhauled Hartford uh, up and down with their everything, the coaching staff, management, everything. They overhauled it for a reason. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's it, it, it's it's the uh, it's it's got to be the chicken there in Hartford. I think sometimes it's just an organizational philosophy, and they ask guys to fit into it. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the Rangers' philosophy would be. I mean, the Rangers have always been about balance, trying to balance out their entire team. But then again, their most successful year in my lifetime, they were the least balanced team I've ever seen from the New York Rangers, uh, where they basically just loaded the top line and, and defense and just said, go get it boys. What? Um, 2004 or 94? I was going 94. I mean, they would load the top line. Uh, Keenan would shorten out the bench, put Kovalev up with Messier and, and Graves. And then, uh, occasionally stick Zubov with them. And then whenever they were in trouble. That team was not balanced. The 94 Rangers was not no, balanced. The, the, the end product was not balanced. What was beforehand, what Keenan was given was very balanced. Keenan that's right. Because that's what the 92 that team, team Because yeah. tough boys. And he, he absolutely, he hurt the team for the next 10 years. You know what? Let me bring up Rich's question right here. I know you might be thinking out loud, but I, I got to say this. Why was Kratzoff sent to Hartford, but not Law for Kako? Because um, Libor Hayek needed to be protected. Just remember that Libor Hayek needed to be protected. I also think you got the NHL's number one overall draft pick, the number two overall draft pick. You end up playing them. Very rarely do those guys. Also, the, the other thing that has to do to with it, with Lafreniere's case, Lafreniere couldn't go down to the AHL until he's twenty years old because of the the junior rules with CHL player rules with them. CHL players cannot play in the AHL until they're 20 years old unless their season has ended. So, and I think, yeah, so the Rangers wanted to hold on to Lafreniere last year. Kako I mean, should have been sent down at some point, though. Yeah. The, um, I, I'm, and again, I'm okay with them trying to learn here as long as mentally speaking, they can handle failure. You're yep. not going to succeed all the time. It's it's perfectly fine. 
It's happened to everybody. It happened to Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton had like 12 points his first season. No, or even this, less than this, that. This is not true, Johnny. That's not true at all. Because if that was the case, then why was Greg McKegg called up before Julian Gauthier was? And that is actually true. And no one has been able to answer that question. So and when someone gives me a viable explanation for that, I'll accept this logic. And Spirit, and I'm, agree- I'm agreeing with you. I think Kako can handle it. I just didn't think he can handle the way David Quinn used him. Constantly. No, David Quinn was awful. Oh, David Quinn just uh, – I, I, there's so many times with him. I just – I shake my head. I'm just going and, – and I was one of those people that was kind of seduced with the team – that the Rangers had right before the COVID break. And I was like, this team's going to be on fire. They got all their players lined up. No, no, he, he, the, the, what really woke me up to David Quinn was um, the way he uses goaltenders never made any sense to me. It, yeah. It you, really- you call that out big time early on last year. Right. And it's also because he was using them like, he was closer to Van Beesburg Richter when everybody knows just Sturkin is the guy. That's yeah. what drove me crazy about him. Yeah, you and I both. Yeah. Like, uh, there was the game that they played against the Bruins. Uh, they won, I think it was 6-2. to two. Colin Blackwell had a couple goals, I think. And then he comes back on Sunday afternoon and plays Georgiev again. Georgiev ends up getting his face shoved into the, the ice. Um, leaves the game for 10 minutes. So Sturkin comes in, lets up a goal. Georgiev is back out there at the beginning of the third period. And I felt bad for Georgiev because Sturkin should have been in the net the entire time. But okay, but that's last year. Let's move back on to this season. Um, Yeah, oh my God. Just, oh my God, what Quinn. And again, I think you're right about that too. It's calling him McKeg. You have to try to see. Oh. Uh, yeah, you gotta have guys fit into roles, and I'm not calling up a guy to. Uh, I'm not calling up a fourth liner to go fill up a first line role. Yeah, yeah. The comment I, 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 I just yeah was ours. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I, I, I really don't want to hear that logic anymore because if they really wanted. If they were going to call up Vitaly Kravtsov, then they would have they wouldn't have called up Greg McKegg to be in the lineup right there. That that wouldn't have been it. They would have done something else. They would have called up Julian Gauthier there. The team needed offense. They weren't getting offense. You don't call up Greg McKegg. Sorry, you don't. He's not an NHL caliber player. This team, honestly, the biggest mistake that this team made was prioritizing grit too much over skill. There has to be a balance. I've said this before. Stat Boy Steven and I have talked about it many times, even on here, on, on other platforms. You cannot prioritize grit over skill like that. You can't do it the other way around either. There has to be a balance. But you also have to realize that you can't have your bottom two lines being full of offensively inept checkers that don't know how to score. This isn't 2000 anymore. Times have changed. 
I mean, I, by the way, the reason why I highlighted this one is, uh, no, 43 is a great number. Never retire it or unless, you know, ah, you would, but, but by the way, Colin Blackwell, I'm going to look up his stats. I don't think he's doing anything in Seattle anyway, right now. No, Um, he's not. It's, I, I think also, but by the way, that's where you're, you're putting Philip Heedle in that third line role. He doesn't exactly excel defensively and he's not exactly a physical player and he's not really putting up the offensive numbers. That's why I kind of, I can't help but go what's going on. So. Yeah. Now he, he, Colin Blackwell has two goals and three points in eight games. Yeah. And, and, and and honestly, like he's another one. It, It just, where, where is the talent? And he's another one where people, People point to him when they when they talk about player development. Okay, so you're 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 the guy that you're pointing to. Your shining example of player development is a guy who's come up and hasn't really broken through yet at all, mm-hmm. it, despite being up here. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. So he's he's played parts of five seasons here, and that's the guy you're going to point to. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's really the guy you want to point to if you're going to talk about player development. Nope. And I mean, because they they don't get they don't win faceoffs. That's another thing we always talk about. That uh, we talk about that. It's guys that are trying to take that next step. And think about how many complaints we're having. And again, they're third place. <laughs> These are, that's still the good thing to say about it. Imagine if we were – switch the point total with the Islanders and see a much different reaction on Ranger fans. But uh, AZ, how you doing? Uh, I'd move Hunt to the fourth line, Heedle to the wing, Goudreau to the third line center. I mean, we talked about that. Yeah. Putting, yeah. I, I would, I mean, at this point, I, I don't see why you wouldn't give it a shot having Heedle play with Zibanejad and Kreider because it just, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't even hurt to try to, to try to have him just tinker with it a little bit and see what could do or, or what, what could be done. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, <laughs> Which, by the way, just just to say, uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Poppin' Fresh. But uh, that's one of the best names to have. I'm a, uh, if if you're using the Simpsons reference that I think you are using, so I, I love that. Um, a sure thing, Poppin' Fresh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burns is doped up or dying or something, but um. Yeah, I, I got to agree with that. And uh, good. I did good. I did get the reference. Yeah. I got to agree with this, though. Um, Heedle's bad at driving the play. He consistently loses the puck entering the zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and Sammy Blay, by the way, they're, they're missing Sammy Blay. This is where you really could see the benefit of Sammy Blay. And you're also starting to see the limit on Julian Gauthier, I think. I think. Uh, I, yeah. And I think you're, you're starting to see Dryden Hunt fizzle out, too. Yeah. So. And that's the thing. When you get a guy, say, for instance, like Colin Blackwell, I mean, I, I it, 
older Ranger fans, I compared him to Daniel Gano. You remember he got to play with Wayne Gretzky and I want to say it was Luke Robitaille for the first month. Of, yeah, they, of it, it, was, it, was on, it was Gretzky and Robitaille's line. And, and he, he just had, absolutely he scored. Loaded. He was scoring on everything. And, and and then, of course, then he got moved off that line or he just fizzled out himself because yeah. he, he just really wasn't that great. So, um, yeah, it's just there's a lot of those guys that they the longer they play, they get exposed. <laughs> How about this? Met fans. How about Benny Agbayani? Think he was going to get ten home runs a month forever? So, yeah, I, 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 I don't agree with this, Az. I, I, I think Blade would only help to a certain point. I, I don't really think he's that massive of an upgrade over Kako. Uh, what I think they really need is a legitimate, established play driver, and Sammy Blade's not a play driver. They, I mean, sure, yeah, winning the board battles helps and stuff like that. But I mean, he didn't even look good when he was up there to begin with. So I, I, I don't, I don't see how, I, I don't see how that works. Um, would would Blay help? Yes, but they need a legitimate, established play driver. And Mike's right on this too. Zibanejad is on top of that has not been good. He's mm-hmm. not. He hasn't been good defensively. Nope. Things just it, it hasn't been clicking for him so far right now. Uh. Oh no no, uh, David Men in Black was Bernard Gilkey. That's who. It was. Oh God, Bernard Gilkey. Wow. Bernard Gilkey was in Men in Black. Blast from the past. And a matter of fact, Bernard Gilkey was the first New York Met to hit 300 with 20 home runs and 100 RBIs in a season. So, how about that, that one for us? Wait 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 wait. Strawberry never did that. Strawberry never hit 300. Oh wow, that's right. He was always short on the average. He had the home runs and the RBIs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. Why. And although now I'd kill for anybody at 300, so because yeah. that's what I always grew up believing. Uh, where was that? Oh, Dave, my next game, I think I play next Tuesday in uh, at Dix Hills. I think I have to double check mm-hmm. that. Uh, I am, I do have a game with my team at UBS Arena, by the way. Grudro needs to stop giving away the puck, yeah. By the way, if there's anything I could say positively about Capo Caco is his t- he just he gets the puck. He steals the puck from the opposition like a, a monster. Yeah. Just, when he's on, he just hasn't he hasn't been really doing a whole lot of that lately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't think they're going to go after JT Miller. Uh, yeah, I, and I don't I, think JT Miller might be going anywhere now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, J, one, I don't think JT Miller is going to go anywhere. And two, I don't think they would go after him. I, I really don't think they would go after him, which, I mean, it sucks that he might not be going anywhere. But, I mean, because that would help the market out. But, by the way, um, pop, <laughs> by yeah. the way, pop and fresh, it's the, uh, the, I'm already thinking about the, oh, you're the leprechaun from Lucky Charms. I'm going to get your Lucky Charms. And he burns drilling into his brain. So thanks. You 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 got you, just, you, you turned on the Simpsons button for Mark. You can't turn on the Simpsons button. You can't turn on the Simpsons button. He's going to go reference after reference season. after reference. Oh, he's going to get a lot more of them. This is where I feel like I should be using the gif of Ralph Wiggum and it says chuckles. I I I am in danger. 
<laughs> because this this is what I feel like right now. I'm in danger. Um. Yeah, and Johnny's right. The whole third line can't finish. Hedl can't finish. Gauthier creates chances, can't finish. Lafreniere gets gets that one spot against Buffalo and scores because he just seems to score on that spot every time against Buffalo. Literally same goal, same the same goal against Buffalo in the same exact location as his first NHL goal in overtime last season. Same location. Okay, I, I don't I I I understand why you don't want to correct the Rangers power play. I know this is addressing uh, one of those that was up there. You don't want to change the Rangers power play because they're seventh in the league right now. Um, but on the other hand, Phil and I have been calling for Strom to be moved off the top power play unit for a while. For a long a time. Long time. So. Wow, David, you're going to season one right there with uh, this episode where they fought back against Nelson with the water balloons. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, you know what? I'm so glad you brought this up, AZ. Oh, God, yeah. This one. Yeah, oh. uh, Brooksy throwing not out happening. the Patrick No, no. It's uh, not one, I want nothing to do with Patrick Kane because I think he's a trash human being, especially after his comments about Stan Bowman and the whole Black Brad Aldrich situation. And two, even if they tried, even if they got Chicago to retain 50%, they still can't fit him in with the cap going forward. Right, and here's the other thing. Um, and by the way, the older I've gotten, I've loved Mary with children, as AZ points out right there. Here's here's the thing I have to say Mary about going after Patrick Kane. It sounds great on NHL 2022 or 22. I forget yeah. what they're yeah. at right now. But in reality, you got an aging player. You're going to give up assets to get him. Uh, you know... I, he's still at the top of his game. He's still one of the, I'll say a top 20 player in the league, just to be generous. Oh, he is. He's, he might even be top 10, uh, like I said. But again, you're asking him, you're asking to retain a lot, and I don't want to give up a Lafreniere or Kako. So not no. only that, not only that, but that's the type of move that a one piece away that needs that one last piece to put them over the top. That's that type of move right there. And nope, there you're not close to there yet. So you don't go and make that move unless you have another move that can put you right there and in, into yeah. that picture. And I don't even think that's even possible because of the fact that you're not getting the production from Kako and Lafreniere. If Kako and Lafreniere had taken the next step forward this season – and they looked great, and Keandre Miller took a big step forward, and this team was really on top of the world, and they were playing great, and they looked good against the, the, the big guns like Colorado and them, then you know what? Okay, then you know what? Maybe I consider that. But I, I – and no. Oh, hell to the no there. I do oh, God, no. Chance on Evander King. No. Absolutely not. No. I no. mean – he he, I, I I don't even know what plague to refer to him as. He's locker room Ebola. Like he is a cancer. No, cancer's too good. Cancer's too good. He's 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 the he's bubonic plague. Like, I don't know. 
I I'm trying to think of anything that could even be that. Oh God, no! I mean, he is, he is, he is just, no, no. Does he have all the skill in the world? Yes, but guess what? Right now, he's throwing it away. He's because... another one, though, who's not a play driver. He's just a guy that score. He scores a lot of goals. Yes, yeah. But he's not a guy that's going to facilitate on that line. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, it's. I'm not looking at the top six as the problem. I'm looking that they need to still fortify their bottom six a little bit, but yeah, they, they I need mean, to... I, I, there's no, there was no way I would, I would ever take Evander Kane. No, 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 I mean, not, if, not even at half, not even at, at what? Three, three and a half million. Nope. No, thanks. I don't care. I don't care. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him at 25%. <laughs> yeah. He is, he is gar, he is a garbage human being. And I've said that, going back to the time that he took the picture of the friggin' money in the hotel room during the 2012-13 lockout. He said he was an idiot then. He's an even bigger idiot, and he's an even bigger locker room cancer than he was back then. And he's got so many off-ice problems that I don't even know whether or not I want to touch him no, or get him in the locker room or anything like him. that. It, and it, it's it, beyond the Tony D'Angelo thing right here, because D'Angelo right now is on a one-year contract. He's got to behave. Yeah. He's got to get Yeah. It, uh, Evander Kane has nothing to worry about. He has nothing to worry about because no team is going to buy out that contract right now. That contract is buyout proof. He yeah. will get paid whatever his, his full contract, no matter what. And yeah, that that's it. And, and, and you know what the, 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 the part about Kane, like I said, is his contract's buyout proof. He doesn't have to behave for just one year. He can misbehave all he wants. He still gets paid. Yeah. And and, yeah. and AZ, that's another no for me, buddy, because, you, again, too many defensemen, and he's just – they don't have it. They don't have the cap space. Ideally speaking, as far as the bottom six goes, if the Rangers could find a Kevin Klein-style defenseman to go into that bottom six – You mean the – bottom the the bottom pairing sorry the bottom the bottom pairing i mean oh. still thinking about the forwards i guess yeah but that that bottom pairing and it's just it's you know that would really work i don't i i'm i'm, a, I'm in agreement with my my broadcasting partner right here patrick demeth is just god awful he's it's what Fire him into the sun as John. I'm literally the clip of Michael McDonald on Mad TV just walking up to the wall and just putting his head through the wall every time I watch Patrick Nemeth. And Mike, well, first we're going to go with Ely's comment right here, which is uh, uh, because they have D'Angelo already and they're going to fix it. Yeah. Well, first off, I can't wait to see that locker room with Tony D'Angelo and – Evander Kane, but Mike is 100 percent right on this one, which is Tony D'Angelo is not going to do anything stupid because he wants to get paid in the next deal. Yeah, uh, and that's why he's producing well. That's why he's doing. Maybe, maybe, and I hold that he actually, um, he actually learned from it, like no one does, and because I still don't think Joshua Sang's learned anything. And yeah. and he still thinks he's the greatest thing in the world. But again, the Rangers got 
or uh, Adam Fox to replace him and in short order. So there yeah, you go. that's yeah. It was easy for them to move on, but Ben Sherratt would be a great addition. Yeah. I was just looking at that too, but not, not at the supposed price of a first rounder. If, if they're looking to get a first rounder for Ben Sherratt, bye. bye. Will, Thanks. Uh, Ilya, I'm going to come back to yours, but I want to go down to this one. Cause this is great. Nemeth. Is Mark Stahl 2.0 at the end of Stahl's career? No, that's the wrong set of years. Go earlier, or much earlier. Yeah, no. Um, I, I I saw somebody else say that on a different forum. Um, Brock, Mc, Brock McGinn wouldn't be terrible. Um, I, I think they need someone more like Jared McCann than Brock McGinn, to tell you the truth. Um, but oh, wait, uh, you know what? Why was I, th- you know what? I was thinking of Jared McCann, not Brock McGinn. Oops. Yeah. Jared McCann yeah. would, would be, um, yeah. And, and th- this is right too. Um, ne- Nemeth is worse than Stahl's ever been. It, it just, it, he's just, he's bad. And, and, and it's not just the defensive gaps for me. I, I, I'll say it again. Like I said it in the stream the other night. It's the fact that he can't make simple outlet passes and make simple plays that NHL defenders should make. So, and Richard, thank you. We appreciate that. We definitely do. So if you have a question or a comment, definitely, uh, you know, put it in there and we'll, we'll definitely address that. We always try to get all of our, uh, Oh, I still need to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The question is which channel is it going to be on? You guys got to be on on that. It, it's going to be on here. Me and Steven talked about that. We're going to, we're going to do it on here. Um, I wanted to do tomorrow, but I, I'm not going to be able to do tomorrow. I have a wake to go to later on in the day tomorrow. Um, my a friend of mine's father passed away. So um, I'm going to have to uh, do that. But I, I think maybe sometime, maybe next week, I, I, I might be able to do that with Steven. So are you still going to do your, um, good bad ugly tomorrow or yours yeah i'll do i'll i'll do it early show yeah well yeah. that's earlier on so I, I i can do that so all right because by the way i'll um I'll, I'll jump on with you on that one um eric stall still looking for a team uh i thought eric stall was playing yeah i thought eric stall was in <laughs> he signed somewhere where the hell did he sign And now I see I have way too many tabs open. Oh, no, he hasn't signed yet. I thought he had signed. He oh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what Eric Stahl really has left at this point, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of like. I think he's kind of just done. Yeah. And but I mean, he's already got his. Uh, Thousand points, Stanley Cup, Olympic gold. I mean, he's got a he's got a case uh um he's 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 in that hall of really good hall of really good hall borderline hall of fame type yeah. player i i don't know if i'd necessarily put him in the hall of fame but hall of really good is definitely where he he should be prestige worldwide that was Step Brothers, right Step Brothers, yes okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I, I i definitely don't bring in eric stall yeah, you want guy somebody that's gonna outperform, uh, absolutely outperform Filipino. I don't see that happening. No, I also don't see Filipino as a wing either. I think he could be a wing. 
I'm not sure, but I would at least give it a shot before moving on from him. I mean, got to do your due diligence there and at least see what you have with him on the wing. I mean, I I still want to do a video of us. It'll be an edited video, obviously, of what does your jersey collection say about you? And I know there's a lot of people that bought. I know a guy that had anti. I, I met a guy, I should say, had an Anthony Duclair jersey, and it was a Ranger Anthony Duclair. Let me be, be very specific about it. It's like so there are those prospects you want to get out in front and you want to be like, I got his jersey. He's gonna be great. And then when the penny stock doesn't go over a dollar, you're just like, eh. No, um, I I understood the Eric Stahl trade in 2016. I I I understood why I didn't agree with it, but I understood why. Likewise, looking back at it, they were trying to keep 2014 alive, and they thought that Eric Stahl would come in and be a difference maker for them, and he was just totally out of shape. Totally, and out of shape. and on top of that, Av. AV. Yeah. Well, AV is also just an, an idiot. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. The guy's an idiot. So uh, he's, he's a guy that he's, you know what? I ate my crow. I, I called him Don Nelson coaching the Knicks. If you remember that back in the yeah. uh, 95 and it was yeah. awful. And then the Knicks fired him and Jeff Van Gundy took over and that's all she wrote. Yeah. <sighs> uh, I, I agree with this one right here. This is actually Mark Giordano and Cali Yarncrook. If they could pull that off with Seattle, would actually help them out big time. Would there really, really help them out. There you go. And that's, but then that's what Seattle does. And what, what are you going to have to get back to Seattle in that situation? Because they're, they're going to want, they're probably going to want a first and, and a couple of decent prospects. I don't know if I would give up anything, any top prospects for them. First, Matthew Robinson. Matthew Robinson, we go there. Do, do, do you give up Philip Heedle to them? I mean, if, if that's, if that's, and that would be the type of player that they would be looking for. So and this is, this is a nice little dig at uh, AV. Yeah. I, I saw like he got tossed off another team. Mid contract. Yeah. Well, cause he just, he, he, I, I, there's two coaches that I've seen that have taken little to no accountability for their team's failures in my life. And it, it, it's AV and David Quinn. Yeah. AV will throw his players under the bus before he takes a lick of accountability. And David Quinn from, from his interview or his uh, podcast on, um, or from the podcast with the Cam and Strick podcast, when he was mm-hmm. on there, his appearance, that was, it, it, he just, it, it tells me that he's just a bozo that still thinks that he was right about everything he did and wanted to take zero accountability. So, and on top of that, let's go with another guy that's kind of said something similar. Like, I mean, Jeff Gorton's comments back in the summer, were a little bit tone deaf too. And now uh, he's running the Montreal Canadians, which part of me says, why not just make Jeff Gorton the GM? Oh, wait, <laughs> they need a Francophone. That's why. Yeah. Well, that's that's what happens when you're in a French city. So, you know, uh, imagine if imagine if you got a guy in New York, let's say, for instance, didn't speak any English. Yeah, well, I, you can't do that with any of the teams. Yeah. So they got to communicate. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I get it. I get it. it, it it's just that's why he's but 
probably what they would end up doing is getting a guy who's really more of just a figurehead and really a communicator. And Jeff Gordon will probably end up being the general manager. He's going to have the final say in a lot of decisions there, I'd imagine. So Robin Leonard said AV was a locker room killer. Yes, he did. When did he play for him? Um, he basically got, um, he, he, be, all right. So this was coming oh. from, from people. Yeah. He played in Buffalo and stuff like that, yeah. but he, he, he got this from people who played for AV. It was around that, that speaking out time that he, he had like mm-hmm. last year or whatever, or the year before. You know what, Rick? I'm going to disagree a little bit there. I think I think there's a difference between having an ego and having confidence. I think there's a lot of people that are very confident. Wayne Wayne Gretzky is somebody that comes to mind. And I know that Wayne hit his ego from the public, but uh, there's plenty of hockey's always taught to say we we it's always we. But you get some guys that say they. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Wayne Gretzky is one of those guys that you could just see that like he's holding it back a bit. And obviously, I I love Wayne, but it, yeah. it's you can tell that he he definitely holds it back a bit. But he, you know what? You're you're right. It, it's you're, and this is really kind of it. It's it's very easy for ego to go to that next level, and yeah. That, and that that's a big problem, and that's why I, I I can't stand guys like Quinn and Av. And the the thing that I have with Av is is that if you look at his success or you look at his record on teams where he didn't have a Hall of Fame goaltender playing for him, his record is really kind of pedestrian. Yeah, pedestrian. And, and, and Quinn has it, nothing to fall back on for him to have the ego that he has. And by the way, similar guy. And I always gave him credit. I always said the guy's a good coach, if not a great coach. And I stood by that. And I'm, I kind of opened up my eyes a little bit when he was in Dallas, but Lindy Ruff, Lindy Ruff was, is one of those guys that you looked at and went, this guy knows how to coach. He gets no. these guys to go. Dominic he's he's a good defense, the defensive coach. Dominic Hasek then right after Dominic Hasek, was was Ryan Miller. Yeah, and, and not only that, but the, the time between Hashik and Miller, Buffalo was bad. 2002, bad. 2003, bad. 2004, bad. And then 2006, Miller came up, Briere, hey, Brody. But, um, I mean, you just... Um, yeah. Hey, Phil, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Bill Peters was really bad coach to his players, hitting using the ends and work. It was just one time I thought. I don't. As far as I know, uh, I, I'm as far as what I've heard and read, it was an isolated incident, and he didn't use the, the N word towards black players. He said it about rap music. Yeah. And, and that's where that came in and that, and he, but he was, I believe verbally abusive. I know I'm not sure about physically. I think actually he's right about that. I think he was definitely verbally abusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill Peters was the one who got fired for, he basically said 
shut that N-word music off. Yeah. That's what he said. And 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 also I mean and and Calgary was actually pretty good and they and they did that. That's that's and just got fired from a KHL team, similar stuff, minus the racial stuff. Yeah, okay, I so didn't Bill hear about that. Just an asshole. Yeah, it's funny because I, I actually from a KHL team for that. That's yeah, a that's lot. a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. So I mean, I I met the guy at the NHL draft back in 2018. He seemed really nice, but just goes to show you that you know sometimes people people can put on Ooh, a, uh, a mask. Patchy. What's that? Ilya saying he punched Brett Pesci. I did not hear about that, but if if that is the case, then that that's terrible, and that would be why he's gone. So yeah. good riddance. I mean, by the way, let me say this about uh, – I still have this highlighted. Yeah, they had Mike Sullivan. Oh, if we only knew what Mike Sullivan was going to become. Yeah, Mike Sullivan so, is, is, has easily made me a believer. And in 2014, I would not have made a uh, 2013 after the, uh, him and Torts were fired. I wouldn't have made him the head coach. So uh, I actually, I still believe Dave Tippett was a guy, but they had two good seasons of the AV. Um, John Tortorella, on the other hand, people want to like rip on him. John Tortorella, he stood up for his players every single time. Yeah, um, yeah he did. If you remember after game four in the Bruins series in 2013, they had the game winning goal and he scratched Brad Richards in that game. And one of the reporters asked uh, his thoughts about that. And he just, he stopped at the press conference and just said, look, Brad Richards is one hell of a hockey player. And I understand what the contract was. And I understand what the, the Rangers ended up having to buy him out after three seasons. I still thought the Rangers got a good Brad Richards in 2011, 2012, adequate in the shortened season. And he came up huge in 2014 in the playoffs. They got they were they got out of that contract. That's all that matters. Yeah, I, I mean, wow. D, if you have inside information, D. Ely, that, <clears throat> that that's great. I, I it's just stuff that we haven't. It hasn't been brought to the mainstream light. So, <laughs> yeah, that's too easy. He definitely. You did know what? That. I completely forgot about the Vancouver yeah, Calgary the, fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know what though. Rich, you're right about this. Sullivan did have Sidney Crosby. And by the way, Sidney Crosby, according to what um, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Burke says, he drives that practice and they have the most up-tempo practices of any team in the league. But also, he has not had Crosby at times. He's he's lost Crosby. He's lost Malkin. He's lost a lot of things. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, Oh, by the way, Ely, don't worry. Volunteer, volunteer is still work. It's still work, dude. Yeah, it, it, it it's it still work. I just, like I said, I, I just, I'm going on what I've heard here and then other reporter recounts and paraphrasing of things. So if, if you know something more and you've talked to people on the inside and you have more information, mm-hmm. kudos, man, kudos. And, and by the way, it's good for us to hear, even yeah. though, that's the information you're learning as well, as long as we're not saying it, because if we're saying it and we don't have sources, we could be sued for libel. But yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's also, it's also good for us to get the information. Cause from what I know about Bill Peters, I'm like, why has this guy been railroaded or even uh, Ted Nolan? But 
was well, well Ted Nolan's another. Ted Nolan's another one. Let's just say, like yeah, he he that that's a little more well documented. Ted Nolan, yes. There's a lot of people that know about that, and a lot of people that have said why Ted Nolan has been railroaded, right? So. And uh, so again, uh, us always finding out new information is a good thing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna go about eight more minutes to get bring us to seven o'clock. And uh, then we're going to sign off because I got to get this on iTunes and uh, start a new uh, YouTube promo for us. And by the way, once again, guys, we're over 2000 su subscribers now. Thank you all very much. Uh, we we're trying to get our views up. And like I said, we got big ambitions. So. Um... Yeah. And, and yes, thank you all. I, I had to put that comment in. Sorry, I was talking. Uh, about I know. I'm just putting in. Yeah, but um, yeah. I'm they... putting in the same thing as they said about the ostrich in, um, in, a, in, in a letter, Kenny. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> that That's. Yeah. So um, he. Yeah. I, and this is 2000s big for us. Just, just think of where we came from with this, you know. I know. Started out as a bunch, a couple of Zoom videos and stuff, and now two thousand subscribers. You know, people giving us super chats and stickers and stuff like that, and just and I, I can't even believe talk, we're at this point. Yeah, talking Rangers hockey. It wasn't just, and it's not just me and Philk eh, uh, Zoom calling each other, and me editing it over over the course of a week now it's just all of us are yeah um i mean we, we got ranger fans from all over the world uh texting us so and things yeah things are going great and we're only gonna this as we said in our one year wrap-up video this is only the beginning it's gonna get better and we're gonna get even more more recognition and, and we're going to branch out more and do more things. I can't wait to get you guys the big apple hockey podcast, uh, .com. Uh, as soon as that's going to be done, cause we're going to have our own written, uh, uh, articles on there. Plus some other writers we're going to get, we're going to try to get a writer from every single city to do it. Um, I got, uh, and thank you, Lucas. Appreciate I, I that. Man. Stuff, but eventually we're going to get to that. Because right now we're still a small operation. You got to start small. You, you got to walk before you can run. Luke, and again, thank you, Lucas. So, uh, again, it's just, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait to cover us. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the final word from Anthony that we're covering the All-Star game. So that's that's going to be huge. Maybe. Maybe you could be in a, a guest at some point. Maybe. Yeah, you never yeah. know. And yeah, you know what? And this is this is one of the big things for me. It, there is just no hockey talk on on talk radio with with sports talk radio. Uh, it, Rick DiPietro is the only one that really will bring it up. Boomer Esiason, Tom Lagreca, Tom Lagreca will at times, but it just it ends up getting drowned out by all of them, and they end up going right back to baseball, football, basketball. And I get it. There's more of a market for those three sports, but. Give me something. Give me something for at least like a half hour or something like that. Because for the other 
three, four hours these shows are on, they're all doing the same things and they're all talking about the same exactly. things. Exactly. And, and, it. and it's just the same perspective. Give me at least one show. show. Yeah. One, give me, give me one show, then do a segment and then move on. So, and hockey gets ignored and, the, and until a team is successful and then they're like, yeah. Oh wait, we got this team. No, I mean, SNY used to be pretty decent with uh, Daily News Live because they had Pat Leonard on there, and at the time he was the Rangers guy. So, yeah, and and you know what? And another cool thing that I love about this is that I'm I'm seeing it in the chat right now. Chris G. and and Brody and and Richard and and Rick and some of these other guys, Mike Mike NYR and 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 you know I've even seen I think I've seen Spirited. In in, in 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 Wardy NHL's videos, definitely yeah. support them too. Core Core Python has his own videos. I mean, he, okay. he, he just got over a thousand subs. So if you guys like more, you know, coverage on hockey, Core Python does his own videos on here too. He's always in Stevens and in here and stuff like that. So I mean, help help out the other help out the other programs too. You know. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of us to go around. I mean, exactly. I actually, I, I basically stopped watching cable. I've just been watching YouTube over the last. I don't watch um, much cable aside from hockey, really, and wrestling. Yeah. That's it. And that's that's really about it. And there, oh, I guess, like I said, uh, and it's it's and, also, by the way, in the same way, you get a different perspective every single time. And I always strive for us to be um, different from everybody else's podcast. I don't want to be what. Wardy's given us, or what yeah. a lot of the other guys are giving us. I mean, core, because, core, even Core's videos, and anytime Core. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I saw your stuff, and I, I was watching for a bit too. So if you ever, you ever see me, mine's my. If you ever see me around in these chats, I'll put my my screen name in here. Is that that's my screen name? If you ever find me in the other videos, I'm. Uh, that's my screen name. So you'll as, see me as, in Wardy's. You know. As, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, we get all these guest spots and or the guests that come on. And that's what's great about this community. It's people that are willing to send the elevator back down to get everybody to come back up. That's what we, we need to be doing. And um, that's where you get guys like uh, Stat Boy Steven that, that joins us from time to time. Mike, and, you are exactly like me. You're, you're, yeah. you are, you are me in just in another body, buddy. That, that's, <laughs> that is me wrestling and hockey. That is what I live for. And, and I, uh, just and, also, by the way, to say, once again, Phil and I have got to sit down and actually talk about how to develop his, um, his wrestling channel. Cause I think that'll be a hit. I'm trying to and, fix my, my yeah, arm. AZ. Yes. It is a combination of a couple of things. The, uh, the Aces High is one, the Iron Maiden song, two, the poker reference, because when I made that screen name, I was playing poker like crazy. And the two 11s are for two Aces and Mark Messier. So it's like three references all in one. And Joe, I do not have a 69 in my username. The last screen name I had a 69 in was probably in middle school. So <laughs> I, I, haven't been, I haven't been like that in, in years, bud. Um, but furthermore, from uh, Aces High, great song. Love uh, Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Brody. I mean, uh, hockey, wrestling, and heavy metal is literally my life, dude. 
literally. And then add Dragon Ball Z in there, and you're you're all set. And Marvel. Hey Star Phil, Wars. so wait, so you watch Dragon Ball Z, right? I I love. I cannot wait for the next season of Dragon Ball Super. Okay. Oh my god. I actually did not watch Dragon Ball Z, but I was going to ask you if you watched Cowboy Bebop back in the day. I did not watch the series. I've seen the movie. I I I've, I've heard the series was just shit. Well, I mean, the original anime series I was talking about first. The, oh, the original anime series? No, I've watched the movie. I haven't watched the original anime series. The live yeah. action series I heard was shit. Watch the original series. It is amazing. It is on Hulu right now. It's on Netflix also before uh, somehow they learn how to destroy all that. Uh, do you want to know how bad that, that series was going to be? This was supposed to be the editorial for today, but we went past it. Yeah, yeah I, I saw that. I, I just, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Lucas, go ahead. It, it's, it's just terrible. It's just so awful in so many ways. And yes, I'm, I'm making this so that way I can also pile on top of, uh, yes. Uh, first up, by the way, there's that, that show will give you everything. It's got a tearjerker episode. It's got a couple funny episodes. It, it, it plays on so many different things oh it's just it's great yeah. action and th this is this is right too that's part of why i love this channel because it just the, the uh, I, really uh, even the live streams the other night all. ended up the, uh, evolving into a music one and yeah. ended up into a comic one at one point and just and and lucas i i saw this yes i did and i am psyched for that and i am so pumped <laughs> for that to come out so and yeah I, i'm foaming at the damn mouth right now and by the way we, we're also going to be working on pop culture there's there's channels we're working on in the future that's why uh there's a parent company that all this is going to be part of but this is our passion this is what we love to do and this is why we're still doing it and not having to worry about anything else because this is it's it's so much fun this is the best part of my week every single time and we're going to be doing a show tomorrow also but i have to say this though about that cowboy beam up uh netflix series netflix Stop taking existing properties and shoehorning in uh, your messages. Just stop. <laughs> with 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 the Dark Crystal series, which was also fan with which was as as bad as Cowboy Bebop was. The Dark Crystal series was that good, and you canceled that one. That had the messages. I didn't care. This one, it's like, oh god, again. So. And let's just say that they end they end that series in the absolute worst and most disrespectful way. Well, it's now it's ended, but still. And yeah, and you know, Johnny, you're right about that. Keep something that, that makes you a kid. Hold on. Yeah. I drank strawberry quick today. Keep something that makes you a kid. There you if go. you're young at heart. There you go. Yeah. Well, again, I, I, yeah, it's just tell the story. Look at look at some of the th the movies and everything that we watch. Even when we can see the political messaging inside of it, the story was compelling and it made you empathize with people. When you get people shouting at you to go, no, you should feel this way. You don't feel this way. That's the thing. They don't understand that. They're telling you how to feel, not getting you to feel that way. And like, there's... Uh, I mean, I I, I I did acting. Dunk I was Roos. a failed actor. Hell yeah, Dunkaroos. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah Dunkaroos, there you go. There's another one. You're supposed to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and get emotional. If you're telling me how to feel, 
I'm not going to feel. Yeah. And, and not, and Joe, I, I would say this, don't watch WWE's main card because it's God awful. Um, but you want to watch new Japan, AEW, I, I, there, there is good wrestling out there right now. This is a good time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. And Gene, you're right about this. You know what? What's the problem? Wouldn't you want? Yeah. Wouldn't you want somebody that wants you to be happy doing the things you do? That to me, that's what I look for in a girl. I mean, it's it's also like it's 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 sort of like what what am I supposed to do then? Am I supposed to just watch the same reality TV program or God, uh, uh, true crime stuff forever? Oh. I mean, although I can't help but laugh about this. I got a 65 inch 4K TV and a PlayStation 5, and it's in a room dominated by a two year old. <laughs> uh, you know, life happens, man. But I mean, you know, you know hockey player with the long blonde hair coming out, hockey, hockey sticks and drumsticks, and that'll see. Yeah. Them. Yeah. You know, and it, it's good. Like, I think my brothers used to play at Hammerheads, if I remember that, that place correctly. Toa Leona. Ooh, okay. I will will keep an eye out for him, Joe. I will definitely keep an eye out for him. I I don't watch much of Dark, but I do see the results. And eventually, (laughs) if he's performing well on AEW Dark, then he's going to get called up to Dynamite. So I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for him then. And uh, Johnny, you know what they say about divorce? Let me highlight it for you. You know what they say? Why is divorce so expensive? Because it's worth it. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I look back at my past relationships and I'm thankful. And, uh, I talked to Chris about this. I, I make all the jokes about my personal life. Some are true, but it's just, you know, I, um, uh, just, I don't have any time for it right now. Cause I'm focusing on this. This is, this is whenever I'm not at work, uh, bartending, this is what I want to do. So. That's what we're going to be doing. And we got a lot more coming. Like I said, we got more channels, more things we're going to be doing. Keep them coming, guys. We'll we'll keep making content for you. We haven't done a what if in a while. We're going to do that. Yeah. Um, we got the the good, bad, the ugly tomorrow. We're going to probably. Prospect episode up. is going to be coming up soon, too. Uh, well, like I said, we'll yeah. probably work on that next week. But um, I will I will put something out there. If you are not all. um. If you're not all a part of the group, look up Big Apple Hockey on Facebook. I post stuff in there. I post my good, bad, and uglies in the uh, in the group as well. So uh, definitely uh, keep cheaper to keep for 31. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Ely, congratulations. Because um, yeah. also one of the reasons why I'm going out to Arizona at the end of uh, March is my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. So uh, that's another project I have to be working on. I had a beer. On. I would toast to that right now. Yeah. Well, uh, it's just nice. It's yeah, it's nice to have it all going. Uh, still, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I I, I don't I don't harbor any <laughs> ill. I only harbor really ill feelings towards one of them, and even at that, I can put it aside. But uh, one of the four that I've dated, so nah, I I don't have any ill feelings towards any of my exes. I never got too heavily invested in any of them, so I don't have a ton of experience. But yeah, and Gene Gene's talking about um, you know, you meeting up, and he he said, why don't I get out there with you? I said, if I could, I would absolutely do it. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm trying to make sure that 
that he that no matter what i, I want to go to vegas we're just waiting on the word for the press box uh seats so or the the press passes so i mean again that's and yeah hit up the cigar lounge with mick i mean uh mick's a great guy too so can't help but say enough about uh, about every time that i'm out there to see those guys and i actually taking i'm taking extra days out there so that way i can i can do more when i'm out there and relax i am going to bring That's my clothes cool. up uh, we go to, uh, Fox, I believe, but I think we're, I think he's doing another one right now, which, oh, Hey, Johnny, that's actually, and again, that's, that's even better to hear. I mean, yeah. we can joke about divorce all we want, but when you get that, I mean, my aunt and her ex-husband are still friendly. So, um, but also they still have two children together. And, and then again, I got another situation where, I. Uh, I, I'm so glad someone else got divorced. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to ever hear about it. But um, sometimes it's for the best to just be separate, but friends. Yeah, uh, there it is. Fox Cigar Lounge. And uh, yeah, it was it was great, which is funny because my ex fiance, her company was the Fox Glass Company. And I, I got her some uh, cigar. Uh, no, the, the the matches, matchbooks when I was out there. So, Yeah, and Dave, Dave I, I mentioned this earlier on. I, I, I said that I don't think they would do it in February. I think they would do it in some, something like September, like they've done the previous World Cups of Hockey. Um, but By the way, if you're going to ask would I rather that, yes. Yeah, I, I'd rather the World Cup of Hockey at this point. Yes. So. <laughs> um. Richard, you're 100% right on this. It's, um, yeah, by the way, Joe, you're right about that one right above it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always say the terms, uh, these, if, if you're in a relationship, you need to be committed. And if you're in a relationship, you probably need to be committed. Yeah. So it's, uh, or you're probably going to be uh, committed. Yeah. One of those. Um, but yeah, and I'm actually trying to see if I can get uh, my brother and uh, my my niece already said yes, my goddaughter. So if that's going to be family time, even though I'm going to do a mark on the road for that, that would be it. Um, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, by the way, if you're if you're trying to keep dating single women who wants to date someone that nobody else wants, yeah, that's right. Chris, that's a great point. And yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going anywhere. I just think that it, it's, it's eventually everything is going to get hammered out. I just don't know how long they stay where they are. And in terms of Arizona, I think they're going to end up going elsewhere. So that's just well, me. I think the NHL is committed to keeping them in Arizona. Um, I, I think they, they're going to want that. I don't think they really benefit from Houston. I, I don't think no. that really helps. And it's just, it, it's, there are these city planners that say, oh, you should be doing this. So they put the Glendale Sports Stadium down there, but they had American Airlines Arena up top. So you, now you build another stadium. There's a great line, uh, even though I, I I still watch a show. I'm, I don't align. I think Houston helps them. I don't think Houston's a big enough. Uh, is it a big enough market? Sure. I don't think it's really like a, 
they've had the arrows for years, but I, I just, to me, it, I, I think they're better off in Arizona. If you just get them stable ownership and get them a good arena in an area that's conducive to, to having people come in, I think it could work. I you know? uh, yeah oh really okay uh, about Mick going to Chandler um, yeah this is another one yeah I mean but one of the lines John Oliver said was we replace sports stadiums like we replace Spider Man so yeah that's that's got to go and again you got all these eggheads you pay to say hey build me a stadium or where is the best place for this stadium look at the Tampa Bay Rays. You know how much more successful they would be if their stadium was on a different end of the city, but instead, and it's just no, it, 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 you need to be in the right situation, location, 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 location. That's what it's all about. Uh, yeah, it would be good, but I like that Dallas is the lone star out there, too. Yeah, an interstate rivalry. I'm going to probably have to pack it in. I got to start getting. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, Like I said, we love, we love doing this and we love doing this with you guys. Uh, So Phil, are we on for tomorrow? What time? Um, What time is good for you? I can go one o'clock. Yeah, sure. Why not? One o'clock. We'll do one o'clock tomorrow. Uh, We'll do a, uh, we'll do my, one of my good, bad and uglies. Mark will, uh, will be on with me and then I will be assisting. That's yeah, basically all. assisting in a way. So, but um, we'll one o'clock tomorrow. Join us, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. There we go. All right, guys. So, thank you all very much. And if you're watching the Ranger game tonight, enjoy the Rangers versus the Arizona Coyotes. They should win that game. If they don't, awuga awuga would be the sound of a red you're alert. You're not going to want to. I might be very unpleasant tomorrow if they don't win. Yeah, I mean. Arizona's taking a knee, and then we look at them and go, that's that's not how this works in the sport. So <laughs> anyway, thank you all very much for joining us, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody. Let's go, Rangers.